And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. Hi, Stamer. Hey. I just thought I was, you were waiting. I, I, just I was just, to wait back. I was doing it on the beat of when you were saying the words. You were like, what's good games? And I was oh. doing like a little hand gestury thing with it. You're a cheerleader. Because, yeah, kind of. The very quiet she- cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> She's cheerleading, of course, because this is your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrew Renee. Of course, Miss Christine Steimer is here. Yes. Hello. As is Miss Brittany Bravo. Miss. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Listen, it's been a week, okay? <laughs> Can't you tell I have like raspy CES voice? Brittany Brabacher is here. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's good. We've been troubleshooting for like the past hour, so we're already primed and ready to go. <laughs> yes. It's true. It's true. Listen, the new studio is is really fun, but turns out we've still got some kinks to work out, some equipment to buy and things to do, which, you know, will happen over the next couple of weeks, but we're going to get it together. Um, we do want to give a big uh, thank you to everybody who reached out to us and gave us words of encouragement. So many of you um, said that you loved the new look and that you loved the studio, and we're so happy to hear that. And so many of you decided to become part of our Patreon community. Wow, what an amazing influx of new patrons. We're going to read those names in just a second. But Brittany, hmm. would you like to handle the announcements? I would absolutely love to do that, Andrea <laughs> Bernoy. <laughs> okay, so if you head over to patreon.com slash what's good games right now, you will see an, exclu- an exclusive behind-the-scenes tour of Steimer, first and foremost, eating cheesecake. But it was second, really good. <laughs> it was, it was, it's a tour of our studio. It was really fun. We shot this when we were all together a few weeks back, and it's available only to patrons at any level, and you can join our Patreon for just $2 a month. We'd love to have you. Come by, see the studio, see how it's all put together by duct tape, hopes, and dreams. Except for, like, the, the chair, the, the desk itself is the real official part. But we still have TVs and stuff propped up on little bins and whatnot. But I say that's part of our janky charm, and we should never change that. <laughs> it's part of who we are. And next week, we have a special Life is Strange 2 spoiler, cla- spoiler class. A spoiler class. Yeah. And an interview with... Who'd you talk to, Andrea? Someone amazing from Don't Nod about Life is Strange? Yeah, too? I talked to Michelle and Jean-Luc from the Don't Nod team, the yeah, co-creative yeah. directors of the game. Yeah, so we've all finished Life is Strange 2. A lot I can't of stuff wait to went talk down. about it. Oh my god. I needed to eat a box of rainbows after I was done, but obviously we'll get into that later. But yeah, so those are our announcements. We have streams coming up sometime in a couple weeks, but we don't have those days nailed down yet. So stay tuned. Yeah, there's a there's a big event happening yeah. that we can't talk about, uh-huh. but they're changing some details, and oh. they haven't gotten us the finalized details, and so we can't plan until we get those. 
But it's all going to be exciting when it comes together, everybody. <laughs> it's going to be great. going to be great. That's it. So we got right. going on. It's real exciting. That's it. And, and um, I was just on the PAX East website today because I was talking about it with somebody and there are still tickets available. And I huh? just want to remind you that we're doing nobody our wants East to Coast go to Boston up. in February. <laughs> You're not that wrong, might, Sam. <laughs> that might have something to do with it because normally Paxis does sell out like right away. Um, and it's there are still four day tickets. Friday and Saturday tickets are sold out, individual days. Uh, Sunday tickets are still available and there are still four day tickets available. So if you want to come see us in Boston, uh, we will be there at the show. It's going to be great. But just as a friendly reminder, uh, you do not need a PAX East badge to come to the meetup. We're still finalizing those details. Of course, it is more than a month away. But once we get a little bit closer, we will let you guys know all the, all the stuff you need to know to come see us over uh, in Boston. Okay. Let's talk about our awesome Patreon producers for the month of January. Chewy's godson, Alex Ogopoulos, Ferris Tate, Muhammad Mohammed, Marcus Brown, and Robert Adams. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And boy, do we have a whopper of a list of brand new people that are in the Patreon community. So as you guys may remember from a couple episodes back, we didn't get to read the names from the end of December. So we have those names. And then we have the wave of people that joined us in early January. So we're really excited that you guys are here. And thank you so much for supporting everything we do here at What's Good Games. Uh, Brittany, do you want to start? I would. Tom Baumgart. Cake Mike. Bex Raymond. Venaria Athena C. Johnny Wark. Rafael Vieira Costa. Jacob Ross. Danielle Van Pelt. German Ustarez. Jordan McConnell. Nick DeMarco. BJ Bernardo. Annie Nitti. Norman Steele. Christian Nava. Chip Bigelow. D-L-I-C <laughs> underscore Y-M-C-M-B-32. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite a name. <laughs> Jeff Simmons. Brandon Rosa. Adrian Allen. I'm Donovan. <laughs> Terrence. Martin Murphy. Drummond Digest. Nick Mudry. Mike Celesco. Jesse Anderson. Tyler Hodges. Dilipan M. Lance Gifford. Chuck the Slice. <laughs> I think I like William <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> Travis Seiler. Basilio J. Carmona. <clears throat> Trevor Oz. Kenneth Bailey, Ibrahim Sozer, Tara, AJ Lira, Tyler Floyd, uh, Talia, 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 Alan Hopkins, Mark Anthony Brown, Big J in the BB Show, <laughs> The Streaming Geek, Kevin Prisnick, Kendall Hackney, John Liang, Chris Stills, Jamie Morgan, Wesley, Forget Mike, Damn. Dean Redenbaugh. <laughs> Kevin. Kelby Walker. Cala Del Giorno. Randall Smith. Jared Lidicote. Albert Robles. Brogan Chesterfield. Gabe Alves. Liquid Music Entertainment. Yo. God, I love these names. <laughs> Madison Patrick. <laughs> Eric Rommel. Nick Anderson. Michael A. Catrino Jr. Hans E. Cars Jr. Patrick Drummel. Eric Z. Kevin. Ian Sian. 
Wait, Scotty, Kevin two twenty. There yeah, there's two two just Kevins. Kevins. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I apologize ahead of time. Mochala Nyambu. Sure. Howard A. Angel. Ah, uh, that's a nice meaty list, ladies. It, it is. is a meaty list indeed. So thank you to everybody who joined us again at patreon.com slash Games. If you guys want your name read, we give you guys a shout out the week that you join our Patreon. And of course, as we mentioned, we had to stack some names because of the holidays and um, not being able to shoot the weeks that you joined. But we're glad that you're here. We love you guys. And now, Brittany... You're going to talk about some podcast reviewers. Yeah. So you guys might remember that we were doing a bit where we were reading these really funny, what we thought were funny, one-star reviews. People were leaving us in an effort to encourage you, if you cannot afford to support us at patreon.com, maybe support us by giving us some of your time and leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And Brittany, we've got some new folks that have done just that. We do. We got Love Games 988363. We got Jedi Brat, Sasha McMurray, Jordan MF22, Podcasting Gem, and Bat Splatman. Thank you all so much for the lovely comments you left us. I love that. Bat Splatman. Oh, I know. I love that too. Bat Splatman. <laughs> Uh, okay, now we're done reading names, I swear. And uh, because we do have quite a bit of news to get into, because it was CES this week, and we also had a Pokemon Direct. So let's get into it. This week, the news, of course, is brought to you by Honey. What is Honey, you might be asking? Well, let me give you some background. We all have been shopping online for quite a few years now. It's easy, it's convenient, and we love it. But sometimes, you don't get the deals that you should be getting. Those coupon codes sometimes just are elusive. Why are they so hard to find anyway? You have to go to a bunch of different sites to find them. It's confusing. You get ones that don't work. But guess what? Honey thinks it shouldn't be that hard, and they're going to make it easy for you. Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. They automatically find you the best promo codes and apply them to your cart automatically, which makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to be. So let's talk about shopping at some of your favorite sites. Things that you do online all the time. Target, Best Buy. If you're us, Sephora, Ulta, <laughs> Macy's, eBay, Etsy, Walmart. I could just keep going. When you guys check out, you'll get a little drop-down box. And all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. It's super easy. You can just, if you're using Chrome like us, you can just install the Chrome extension. And then a little pops up and it's like, hey, honey, found all these codes for your, for your shopping cart. And then within a few seconds, it'll run all of the promo codes for you. You don't even have to go searching for them yourself. And then, boom, watch the prices drop. So we have been shopping with Honey, and Brittany actually found kind of a whopper of a deal with one of the Honey promo codes. See, ladies, there's this little franchise that you may or may not have heard of called Star Wars. Okay. What oh. is that? Oh, what? man. So, you know, with Jedi Fallen Order, I'm kind of like tapping into my inner Star, girl, Star Wars fangirl that's like been kind of hidden for a while. And there's this adorable, adorable Darth Vader halter dress on ShopDizzy.com. And it was originally, I have the price, $145.95. And I was in check. Mm, $145? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real nice. I guess it's Disney. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to check out. And then Honey was like, yo, dog, we got 10 coupon codes that we can try to apply and see if we can save you any money. I said, nice. I hit go and it went and it went and then ended up saving me $43 and 55 cents. Dang. That's like 30% off. That's huge. Yeah. 
I'm saying it works, especially, you know, you don't want to like, awesome. like, you know, you're saying the coupon codes are sometimes hidden up top, down below, or they're not even showing up at all. Ain't nobody got time to search for all of those, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah. Before I installed the extension, I would always just like Google for coupon codes, but then there's like a bazillion sites and like so many of the codes don't work or you don't have the right item in your cart. It just gets annoying. And then you end up just you foregoing your search and you're like, I'm just going to pay what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what's great about Honey. And Honey has found over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings. That is a crazy amount of money saved. And did you guys know that Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and they're adding more every day? Users love Honey and that's why it has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. That's a lot of five-star reviews. That's hashtag goals for what's good games to get 100,000 <laughs> five-star reviews. We'll catch up to you someday, honey. If you guys want to save money, then you guys got to get honey. Not using honey is literally passing up free money. It's free to use and it installs in just two clicks. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash what's good. That's joinhoney.com slash what's good. And when you guys go to joinhoney.com slash what's good, they have this explore tab, which is really cool, that lets you see where some of the top sites have sales and deals going on. And uh, so if you, you know, are browsing and you're bored at work one day and you want to go shopping, joinhoney.com slash what's good. So CES is the consumer electronic show. It is the largest tech show in the world. I don't have the final number, but... It was interesting to me hearing the different cab drivers over the course of the week tell me just how many people were in Las Vegas for the show. Huh. It was like it was almost like a fish story where it starts out and it's like, well, there's 100,000 people here. Well, I heard there's 165,000 people in town. That's no, a lot there's 200,000. By the time I got to the end of the week, the last cab driver was like, I heard there's 275,000 people. Oh, in town. my God. There's a million people. Just literally everybody Everybody in the world is in Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think the takeaway there is that it's a massive show and it's split over several different locations. It has three separate halls and outdoor areas at the Las Vegas Convention Center. It's got the entire Sands Expo in the Venetian. It's got the Convention Center at Mandalay Bay. Plus, they had a brand new sea space in the Aria this year. I mean, it was just like there's just no way to physically see all of CES in a single week. Um, And I didn't even attempt to. (laughs) There were whole swaths of it that I just was like, I can't make it over there. It's too far away. Can't do it. Um, But I did see a lot. Um, But I wanted to start with some of the kind of headline news before I get into the specific things that I saw at CES. Um, the one, the news heard around the world oh. happened during the PlayStation, oh. or should I say the Sony keynote, because of course CES is all about Sony technology proper, their TVs, cameras, etc. Um, but for us gamers, the PlayStation 5 logo was revealed. <laughs> oh my God. So drastic. So groundbreaking, really brave of PlayStation to go in such a different direction with their logo this time around. Like... <laughs> Mega props. No, it's actually funny is I'm pretty sure when we were talking about the rumors of PlayStation 5, I made that thumbnail uh, and all I did was like on Chrome or not on Chrome. Well, yes, I guess technically I searched PlayStation font, found it and basically made the same logo that they have by just doing a PS and a five. And I looked at it and I was like, this looks a little weird. The five in this font just looks kind of funny. Maybe they'll fix it for their logo. They didn't. 
It pretty much looks the same. So I was, <laughs> I know it's funny. It's like, I understand too why they, why do you need, you don't need to change anything about it, honestly. Just, just change like, the five. Just make just the change. five look a little nicer. Really? Oh, so five, I, just, yeah. I think the five looks a little funky. That is just me. Okay. I'm going to look at it again. Uh, so yeah, I guess it wasn't too surprising that it is what it is. It's really not. But I think it's, the funny part was that it was kind of like, boom, here's the logo. Yeah. As if, as if that... Matt, like if as if anybody was like champing at the bit like yeah. i just need to know what this what this logo looks like well and the thing that was hilarious to me about it because i tweeted that i was like this is crazy to me that jim ryan is on stage at ces being like now we're going to unveil our logo because it was unveiled at the game awards in the trailer for oh, godfall oh yeah that's a good game- point yeah and i'm just like <laughs> I mean, you can't say you're unveiling the logo when you already unveil it in a trailer. Like, it's like the most non-news ago. news. That was like when, okay, this is a real deep cut. All right. <laughs> I'm All right. so sorry. Let's, if you're brand new to this world, you won't know what I'm talking about. But uh, several years ago when Mass Effect was it two or three, I don't remember. I think it was two maybe. Like, EA tried to say that the Game Awards was going to be announced like a new game from BioWare, and it was just the next Mass Effect. Again, I don't remember if it was two or three at this point. Um, and then it was just Mass Effect. And we're like, you already said it was going to be a trilogy. We already knew there was another one. We already knew this. You can't go out there and be like, oh, it's something new. Oh, I see just what you're kidding. saying. Okay. It's, it's yeah. something we already knew existed. Uh, well, at least they can officially say that that's their logo, and Sony officially said it. Unlike AMD, did you guys hear about this with the back of the Xbox Series X? They sh- mm. there's it, it was going like viral on Twitter. It was like AMD had a presentation at CES, I suppose, and the back of the did, yes. Xbox Series X was revealed quote air quotes here uh-huh. and everyone's like oh my god look at the port look at, that look, at this, look at that oh and then later amd came out and was like actually that was like a rendered image that we paid someone like 10 bucks off of some website to put together or something like what? that it's it's not even why new. why did they do that they did i'm not sure i don't know if it was already an image that had already been put together and they just paid the ten dollars to have the rights to use it during the presentation but yeah they came out and they're like actually that's not an official back of the xbox series x so that's, awkward. Real, so, that's really weird i'm looking this up right now yeah i'm like oh my god wait what how did i miss this i didn't news? see that either yeah so according to according to cnet um it turns out amd used were not sourced for microsoft initially spotted by GameSpot. the reveal shows off many of the ports one would expect on a 2020 flagship game console including Ethernet, Optical Out, two USB-C ports, and Power. Also present are two HDMI ports, although what the second HDMI will be used for isn't known. But those images were not legitimate. Uh, They were not sourced from Microsoft and does not accurately represent the design or features of the upcoming console. They were taken from TurboSquid.com. That's hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah, but like, why would they... Why would they do? Why would I, Microsoft allow them to do that? I don't think they do. Part, right? I'm yeah. guessing they probably were not aware that that's going to yeah. happen. I mean, this was making big news. It hit all the news sites, and then it, it, it kind of quietly broke that actually this isn't the case. And now stories are coming out with like what the actual back supposedly looks like, according to sources and blah blah blah. Anyway, 
It's going to, I, I want to sit, I want to be a fly on the wall of that meeting where, oh, could you imagine to, where they have to apologize for like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, like the sorry, intern bro. pulled an image off the website. We didn't know Turbo that squid. he got it from Turbo <laughs> Squid. <laughs> yeah. It's a squid sound. <laughs> Gross. Anyway. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> um, okay. So that to me was like the non news, even though it was, like, I think probably the biggest headline. Uh, the biggest news for me that I thought was the most exciting was from Alienware. And they were showing off Concept UFO. So I had the opportunity to go to the Dell experience and get hands-on and actually play with Concept UFO. So if you guys missed the news, Concept UFO is essentially a, a switch portable that's not PC a gaming system. Yes, of course, the Nintendo Switch comparisons are, are coming fast and furious. Like, the, it's, it's no doubt is absolutely inspired by Nintendo Switch. When I was scrolling, I was, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, okay, when I ahead. was scrolling through Twitter and I saw, I like was just briefly, I thought it was a mod for a Switch. Like, I thought um, I was looking at some sort of weird, like, cover for it or something. Because again, I was like scrolling quickly and then I went back and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh, this is so interesting. Yes. Andrea, tell me about your experience with this. Yeah, so I first saw it, um, obviously, you know, in social media, like a lot of you did. And I was like, I, ha- I was like, I have to go find this at the show because they kind of stealth announced this thing. That, as far as I know from other press that I talked to, like no one really got a heads up that, that Alienware was going to be unveiling this. I mean, nobody knows and- when a UFO is going to hit, Andrea. I mean, true. Doctor up her rocker there. Some, something that I think is important for people to remember about CES in particular, if you're not familiar with this show or don't don't watch a lot of coverage on it every year, is that there's a lot of prototypes that are unveiled at CES that never become real, because CES is all about showing what tech is possible and then taking that tech and applying it to other types of tech. And that's so many different kinds of meetings and things that happen at CES are these companies coming together saying, well, hey, I built this piece of tech and you built that. What if we put them together and made something really cool? Like money. And so there was a lot of people that I was (laughs) chatting with that were like, is Concept UFO going to become a thing? So I chatted with the Alienware team that was on site about that. And of course, they were KGAF. Being like, well, we really want it to be a thing. Well, we don't have anything to announce at this time. We're really hoping to explore. And I was like, listen... That's all fine and dandy. But this prototype that we got to hold and play with felt like a real thing. It didn't feel it didn't feel like half baked. It didn't feel like, you know, like they clearly had more work to do. Like it felt really nice. It was sleek. The color was great. The screen was really nice. The way that the handles, the controllers on the sides kind of like slide on, they're magnetic. So they kind of like when you slide them on, they kind of like shink, and they just like ah, that satisfying hang on to click. The screen. Yes, yeah. It was. I was like, this is really nice. So it's bigger than a Nintendo Switch, but which I like because I think the Nintendo Switch screen is just too small, and I would prefer something that a little bit bigger if I'm going to be gaming portably. The controllers are also bigger, which is also nice because I think the Joy Cons are just too small as well. The Joysticks have a thicker rubber lining around them, which I also think is better than than a Nintendo Switch. But, like, listen, this is not me digging on the Switch. I brought my Switch with, and I had a grand time playing Luigi's Mansion when I wasn't working and on the airplane and such. 
Um, but I think what this is doing is just completely different. It serves a very different audience. First off, it's a full Windows PC built into this tablet because essentially it's a glorified tablet, but it's not like a Surface. So I had asked him, I was like, you know, it feels, you know, just by looking at the interface, it feels more like a, like a Surface than it does like an actual like PC. And he's like, no, it's much more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. They were not giving any specifications on the technology inside except for the except for the chipset, you know, which was the thing that they were announcing at CES. Um, let me see if I, I have it written down in my notes somewhere, the actual name of the chip in case anybody How cares. How do, do uh, you have any weight differences for me? Like how hefty was it compared to a Switch? So it definitely felt heavier, but not a lot heavier. And they would not confirm what the weight of it was. And I didn't bring a scale with me. So I um, mean, what also, were you thinking? Come on, Andrea. How dare, <laughs> how dare I? <laughs> Uh, but also, like, here's the thing. Because it's a prototype, there's things about that form factor that might change. The weight might change. The dimensions of the bezel or the screen might change, right? The the layout of the buttons might be slightly different. I don't know. Um, if you guys haven't seen photos of it, just imagine a switch, mm-hmm. but bigger and white. And the the face buttons are black, but the buttons are in identical spots. You've got the the D-pad on the left and the buttons on the right. It's and then an the, actual the, off, the offset sticks. Yes, nice. it's it's a pro, it's a proper D pad. Um, the I, the shoulder buttons felt really great. I didn't think that I thought because they were spaced a little bit wider apart than the Switch that they were actually easier to shoot. So I played Halo, the Master Chief Collection, because I said PC now or has been, I should say. Um, played Halo on it. They also had uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Screen looks great. I asked them for resolution and they wouldn't give it to me. But this Verge article says that it's a a 1200p display hmm. um, i asked about battery life because like obviously it's a portable everyone's gonna want to yep. know yep. how much yep. of the battery life is he's like oh we're not discussing that at this time like literally would not tell me anything that i wanted to know <laughs> wouldn't talk about They're like here this about is internal That's all storage. You get. yeah they wouldn't talk about internal storage they wouldn't talk about um additional storage like sd cards or things like that uh, I asked about internet connectivity. I was like, what kind of Wi-Fi, you know, antenna and receiver are we going to be working with? You know, is there going to be like an actual Ethernet port, you know, so that if you dock this, you could hardwire it. Like literally would not tell me any of this stuff. Of so, course. But the cool thing about it is that it allows you to have your full PC gaming library, whether you're playing on Epic Game Store, GOG, Steam, whatever your PC platform of choice is, you can play literally your entire library on this device either on the go or at home. You can dock it. You can use it with a mouse and keyboard, or you can use it with any Bluetooth-compatible controller. I was just like... My mind was, like, super blown, you guys. It It was really cool. It looks really cool, and this is something I would 100% love to have. But, yeah, like you said, it's just a matter of, is it going to happen? Is it going to be a real boy? Is it going to be a real boy someday? I mean, I hope so. Yeah. So it sounds like this isn't made for multiplayer in the sense like the Switch is, right? Where the Switch is like, use a Joy-Con each, and you can play games together. Oh yeah, no, you can. Oh, you can. Yeah, okay. He said you. He said you can connect multiple Bluetooth controllers. Okay, but okay, okay, that's it's fair. just a PC. It's just a little. I mean, PC. I mean, everything is it's... just a PC. I actually get it. When people like everything yeah, is I mean, like a modified it... version of a computer. Right, but remember, this is Alienware, right? So they're known for making really powerful gaming laptops. Uh, so they are all about creating technology that's about sleek form factor. Are you okay over there? Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> ate a dog hair, and it was, like, stuck between my teeth and my lip, and so I was trying to get just it out. Just floss with it. Un- unple- unpleasant. Oh, oh, oh. Um, 
But and their whole thing was, listen, we're not trying to be a switch killer. Switch very clearly is targeting a casual, yeah, they wouldn't be anyway, family so. friendly yeah. audience. They're like, we are all about powerful PC gaming. This is being designed from the ground up as a gaming machine. And we want people who like gaming on their PC to have that portability factor and be able to take their games on the go. And that to me is exciting because that is one of the biggest downfalls of the Nintendo Switch is that they are handcuffed by their technology. They can't really push the boundaries of what's what's capable or what's possible with software on that platform because their hardware just isn't beefy enough. And Alienware knows how to make beefy gaming hardware. And so if, if they can really make this a thing, it would be really cool. And I was like, dude, so can we talk like what you're thinking for MSRP? And he's like, no. <laughs> I mean, of course, especially if they haven't finalized the internals yeah. of it, you know. But I imagine it's going to be expensive, which is also yeah. why they'll never be a Switch killer. Like, because, yeah, this is mm. for a much different audience. Well, it, yeah. This like, is like no for one's... my dad, who <laughs> very I mean, no rarely one's gonna buys take those Nintendo things. down. Nintendo yeah. has too much good shit. Yeah, this is really cool. I'm into it. Yeah, it is. I actually really like the design of it. I think it's really beautiful. Um, just even when I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, that's a very." Again, when I thought it was a Switch, <laughs> thought I was like, "Ooh, that's a cool Switch is cover." This a Switch Pro. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Ooh," and then I was like, "Oh, it's Alienware. Oh, it's pretty. I like." Yeah, I think what's really cool about the concept of of or the the idea of concept UFO is that because it's a full Windows PC, it's really going to be targeted at people who travel for business or travel for work or maybe even for students who want to maybe have a combo device to say, hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to buy the concept UFO. I'm going to have a mouse and keyboard like back in my dorm room, you know, or in my apartment or whatever. And then I can plug my concept UFO into my monitor when I'm at my desk and actually like use it as a computer and then when I'm like traveling or I'm like, you know, on campus or whatever, I have my thing, I can take it on the go. I mean, and that applies to literally anybody who games on PC and wants to have a dual device. <laughs> I guess because I right wonder now, why you wouldn't just get a lot like one of their laptops, though, because it's, like, it's smaller, probably going to be cheaper, I would guess, because the screen isn't as big. That's true. Yeah, I have a few Alienware laptops or I've had a few in my day. And I know they make them a lot thinner now, but I kind of got it for that same idea. Like, I can lug this thing around and play games on it, but after, like, seeing the light of the way that is the Switch, I would 100% go for that every time. So yeah, I'm looking, true, I was, yeah. No, okay, no. so I was looking at this article from TechSpot, and it looks like on the back, there's three big panels, like three, are those buttons? Here, I'll, I'll take a picture. Are there, like, three, oh, God, what are the, It looks what like the, just their bezel, like, they're, look, they're little, like, hexagons. Yeah, that, that. I was like, what are the shapes? Okay. Because I'm wondering, you know, this if this is a PC, then obviously the PC games have to be built to use with a controller, right? Because that's kind of how you're playing this thing. So I was wondering if they had any extra, like, nipples like the Steam controller had. Um, <laughs> not, that, not that I noticed. Um, and I'm actually glad for that. But just as a reminder, like, you can absolutely connect mouse and keyboard, Bluetooth mouse and keyboard to this. But... Clearly, it's designed to be played with the gamepad that's that's there. And I really liked the little centerpiece that connects the two, like, Joy-Con-like controllers together. Because, let's be honest, Nintendo's, like, dog-ear thing that they have going on, I, I, I think has always been not super <laughs> awesome. What I liked about this is that it was, it was wider. 
So when you're holding them, it felt more like a traditional controller size than kind of like the little mini narrow thing that holds the Nintendo Joy-Cons together. Mm-hmm. What is that thing called? Like the Joy-Con grip? Uh, the weird peripheral that's easy to lose. That's what I call it. Um, on this TechSpot article also, just for some comparison, the UFO will ship with an 8-inch 1900 by 1200 display. And then the Switch is a 6-inch 1280 by 720p screen. So, it says a beefier, sexier boy. Yeah. And I they say one. we'll um, ship as if they are 100% confirmed to be shipping Andrew, out Andrew, I think people. you need to go back to our friends at Alien and be like, we love you, but you need they needed to give you the scoop. Why are they giving TechSpot the scoop and not Andrea Renee? Or TechSpot is just assuming, not the screen, obviously the screen that seems pretty... Just saying. Pretty locked in. In my defense, I wasn't there to get the scoop because I was there on like day three of CES. The scoop was already out. I was there to play with it. I was there to hold it, to look at it, to Ooh. see what the Ooh. screen looks like. To love like. it and Ooh. squeeze it and name it George. Exactly. You guys know that What's Good Games is not super hard into hardware specifications. Like that's just not the kind of coverage that we do here. If you guys want to get like the nitty gritty on all of the like bullet point details on the hardware itself... You know, there's a bazillion other hardware specialty sites that that do that. But I asked the questions that I was curious about as a very casual PC gamer, right? Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. no secret that What's Good Games is not a PC gaming outlet, right? We we are predominantly console players, obviously Steimer being the hardest core of the PC players amongst us. And Brittany does play PC games, too. But, like, the thing I wanted to know was if this is going to target someone like me who's always wanted to get back into playing games on PC but hasn't because I don't want to be locked to my desktop. I want to know what the battery life is. I want to know how I can connect to the Internet. I want to know what kind of controllers I can connect to it. You know, I want to know how much it weighs and I want to know how much it costs. Those are the things that matter to me. Also, I want to know what the internal storage is like and how many games I can download onto it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, because, like... There was no talk, at least from my discussions with Alienware, on streaming. Because I know that there's obviously other PC portables that are out now um, that do those kinds of streaming. There's, you know, Shadowplay portables. There's Shield. There's other things that you can play PC games on the go with that are available right now today. But they don't have this form factor. And they're not made by Alienware. So not to say that they're going to be not relevant if this thing comes to light i think competition is healthy for any space but i think that this could really become successful if they nail the things that i just mentioned Mm -hmm. that's cool it's a cool device and i did see a really slick 500 gigabyte solid state drive (laughs) from samsung at the show that was super tiny yeah. i was just like this is the cool thing about like what CES was it and why ti- it how so tiny was it like credit card size Ooh, yeah an external hard drive an external solid state drive oh man 500 what? gigabytes credit card size back in my day when we had well floppy disk is not the same thing as i was about to say I, it is so crazy to me that some there are people now that exist that don't know what the save button is on most of your like when you go to click save a file they don't know what a floppy disk is. They've never seen one. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. oh because the icon is the, the floppy icon disk. is a floppy disk to save. <sighs> and I'm like, and there's people who are not, weren't alive when they were 
thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the floppy disk, though, to me, was even a smaller form factor. When I think about hard external hard drives, I think about my old school lacy drives that were like the size of a Bible. They were gigantic. Oh, yeah, I had a Seagate like that. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they were yeah. huge. I still have that bad boy. Y'all remember uh, yeah, laser think- discs? Whatever happened to laser discs? <laughs> <laughs> Back in our day. Back in our day with the old technology that was basically outdated as soon as it came to be. Oh, man. Exactly. Okay, so I don't want to... We, we've already talked about it. It was cool. That was, to me, like the the coolest thing that I saw at CES. But I did get to see you know a bunch of other things from some other folks as well. Uh, Logitech was there. They had a, a pretty big presence. As you guys know, we ran a really awesome sponsorship with Logitech last month. So I wanted to stop by and say hi to those folks. And Meg Kaylee was hosting their live stream during CES. Mm. I wanted to say hi to her. And they were showing off their accessibility accessories that go with the Xbox One um, adaptive controller. And I hadn't seen these before, and I didn't know that Logitech was doing them. And I thought it was really neat that Logitech saw what Microsoft was doing with the adaptive controller and said, hey, we want to get in and help as well. We want to make things more accessible. So if you guys aren't familiar with how the adaptive controller works, in addition to having the touchpads and specific buttons on the face, they have a a row of specialty connectors on the back, which allows people to connect specific types of adapters that they use to map to specific buttons because obviously everybody's accessibility needs are different. And so what Logitech did was they created an adaptability uh, kit that allows you to take specific kinds of switches and knobs and connect them to the accessibility controller and to do it for a price that was way more affordable than accessibility controllers ever used to be. So I... I'm just confirming the so it's a collection of 12 buttons and triggers hmm. and they go into the 3.5 millimeter jacks in the back and so there are a bunch of different sizes and colors shapes designed to be used with your head your face your arms your fingers your toes whatever you use to game with and the whole thing the whole kit is 99 dollars, oh. which is amazing mm-hmm. because some of these individual triggers used to cost hundreds of dollars a piece for like a single one. And I was talking to Logitech about it and they said, actually, we don't make money on this kit because that's not what the point is. The point is we want people to be able to have accessibility. We want people to be able to play games. And so we wanted to work with our partners at Xbox to make it even more affordable. I think he said collectively, if you were to buy all of these individual buttons and triggers separately would be like over $1,500. Holy oh my shit. God. Which is crazy. Wow. So that was really awesome. So I wanted to give a, a shout out to Logitech for, you know, taking a step into the accessibility realm and saying, hey, we want to help. We want to make games for everybody. So is there really a cool. release date on that? When it's coming out? Um, so you can actually get the bundle now. Yeah. It used to be priced higher. I think he said it used to be priced at 149 And they dropped the button or the, the price. So I'm looking on... I just... So it's called the Adaptive Gaming Kit is the official name. And if you let me see if I add it to my cart here. Yep, you can buy it right now for $99. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, Good job. Pretty Logitech. cool. Um 
so let's see here. Yeah, they have a bunch of different stuff you can you can get. It says four light touch buttons, two variable triggers, three small buttons, and three large buttons. Okay. Other things I saw at CES. Well, where do I start? Gosh, there's so there's so much. One of the cool things about CES is the automotive industry really comes out in force to show the latest and greatest in what's happening in automotive tech. Now, while a lot of people were talking about Sony's electric car, I actually didn't go over to take a look at it because I think electric cars are cool, but so much of the automotive is concept. And I was like, if I want to look at a concept car, I want to look at like one of the wildest concept cars. And so I went to see the LG connected car. If you guys were watching any of my Instagram stories, you might have seen me in the LG connected car. And essentially, it's an autonomous car, completely autonomous. There's like no steering wheel or anything. And it's like being in like a train car almost, but like really fancy. And there's really pretty screens everywhere. So there's four seats. There's two across from each other. And then there's these really fancy armrests you can lift out to make an additional one seat on each side. So it could seat six total. Mm. Um, But the final design will be modular. But what I thought was really neat about it is essentially like a, like a mini shuttle. And they had a compartment where you could put a suit jacket and would steam your suit jacket while you're in the car. They had a little snack drawer where you hit the button, the snack drawer like rolls out and you can like pick what you want. It would like charge you like individual prices, almost like a mini bar. Mm -hmm. Oh, weird. Um, Yeah. And then they have uh, screens on both sides. And so people on both sides can watch different screens and they offset the chairs so that you're not awkwardly staring directly into the person across from you. Because if you've ever been on a train or a bus where they have seats that face each other and somebody you don't know, it can sometimes get a little weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so they offset the chairs just slightly so you're never staring directly at anybody. I was like, that's a really interesting little touch. But the whole thing was just wild because it really made me feel like, oh, my God, it's like 2020, you guys. <laughs> oh, my 2020. Gosh. Or all the Jetsons. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't want to think about it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> um, it was, like, really neat. It was just a really cool thing because normally I don't get the opportunity um, uh, to go see that kind of sh- uh, stuff. So um, shout out to, to Dally for letting me um, come by and see, mm-hmm. see the connected car. It was really neat. I thought, I thought it was fun. They also had a bunch of robots on display. Oh, God. Robotics has been a big thing at CES for probably the last, like, five to ten years. But now it's all about like robots like that help you around the house. Oh god. Robots that make you coffee, robots that make ramen. Uh, <gasps> I want pet that robots. One. Has it's no one played robot at my house. Detroit become human. This will not end well. Don't do this. <laughs> I mean, you have to treat them well. Yeah, but people are garbage timer and they don't. I know, but I'm saying you could be one of the people who lives because don't you were die nice in the to the robots. Yeah. yeah. Actually, but it's not Brady, a bad did you idea. see the robot that brought you toilet paper? Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, that robot would be your best friend. Wait, what? So it's this little robot. So it was from um, the folks at Charmin. And they they were inside, I think, the PG&E Life Studio, I think it was called. (laughs) And I was at Pepcom, and I saw the Charmin folks there. And I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, oh, we have a 
a little robot that brings you toilet paper when you he's like never run out of toilet paper oh again oh my god okay and so it's this little robot that has toilet paper on and it's got the little Charmin bear face on okay it. see it can't have a face because that that's where I would draw the line like excuse me I've done my business I'm sitting on the pot here comes this little Charmin face like to wield toilet paper to a little bear is like hello would you like some toilet paper <laughs> and I just have to throw a bag over its face because I don't want to make eye contact with it that would be terrifying uh yeah okay well hey you know what? Maybe robots are the future after all. I mean, I hope not. I can't, they kind of freak me out. Ever since I was a little girl and a little robot toy I had turned on and like started playing by itself, I've kind of been like not in that circle. But that's okay. I'm traumatized. <coughs> it was like I one think... of those little toys in a walker, little babes in a walker, and it like came around the corner going, hey! Oh, that, that I mean, that alone that is a terrifying, terrifying image. Yeah, I was probably I three, like and it's it still burned in my movie. head. Yeah, it was bad. And I see too many horror movies. Anyway. <sighs> yeah, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of hardware stuff. You know, NVIDIA has some new G-Sync monitors. AMD had a bunch of stuff that they were showcasing. MSI had a new laptop. I mean, Microsoft was noticeably absent uh, when it comes to gaming tech. But th- they kind of were in a bunch of other people's booths with Xbox technology. But... Uh, like Origin had the big O, which is this giant gaming tower that has a, a PS4 and an Xbox One built into the tower. I don't know if you guys saw it's that. It was in like, the I was computer. Like, it was crazy. Nice. So Andrea, speaking but, like related to what Brittany was talking about, what was the most ter- okay. terrifying piece of technology you saw? Oh, yeah. Oh, terrifying piece of technology. Yeah. Can you think of anything where you saw it and you were like, this is freaky. Nope. I don't like it. Uh, yes. So there was <laughs> I knew a holographic, uh, there was a holographics company that does custom holographics that work with, um, smart technology that does like fake facial recognition. So it literally was like that scene from minority report where he like walks into the mall and they're like, oh, we recognize you. And like the virtual person like pops up and is like, why don't you go to this store or whatever? Like there was a company showcasing holographic technology that can do that. And I was like, nope. nope. That's a giant no thank you. Please never release this. This can stay I in mean, Vegas. The smart home stuff was really wild this year because it was a gigantic portion of CES. And I... I'm so on the fence because I have a lot of smart home stuff in my house right now, but like it kind of makes you go, wait, do we really want this? Are we sure (laughs) this is right? I was talking to a friend of mine because she was asking me about all the smart home stuff we have. She was like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, converting some of my house to smart home and doing all of that. And I was like, we're in a precarious spot where, Voice activation and voice recognition, which a lot of smart home capabilities are built on, isn't quite where it needs to be. And so when I ask Alexa or Echo or Siri or Google or whatever for something, it doesn't work most of the time. Most of the time, it just doesn't work. But the only way it's going to get to work is if they listen to your voice recordings and they analyze them. But then you know that somebody is listening to your voice and analyzing it. And there's been so many stories lately of data breaches and security breaches of internal employees misusing recordings from customers that are supposed to be used for research and development. Ring just had a big story about it a couple of days ago about how internal employees were 
going against policy looking at people's private videos and it's just like cool that's, I mean, honestly, I have, nothing is smart in my house. I don't want it to be. Except for want, you. Thank you. But like, I want everything to be dumb. I don't think there's ever going to be a time. You want a dumb home. I want a stupid. I want the stupidest house on the block. Give me. She wants an analog house. I analog. do. I really do. Because I, honestly, it's because of mostly safety. Because a lot of these companies are tech companies aiming to solve a problem that they see. However. A lot of them don't end up doing a lot of the security uh, research that they need to do in order to make sure that it is safe and that someone can't easily hack into it because there's so much social engineering or even just not even the level of social engineering that you need to do sometimes, like where you call fucking Pizza Hut and you figure out a password somehow. Like Not, not even that level, just like some easy ass bullshit for a random criminal to come and unlock your door. And I'm like, no, they, le- they need to at least pick a lock. For me, I'm sorry. You need to put forth some physical effort <laughs> to break into my house and steal my shit. You need to break a window. You need to pick a lock. You need to force the door. You need to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowing you to use some weird voice recording and somehow get into my house. Not happening. Wasn't it around Christmas time where some dude hacked into a camera? I think it was a baby camera or something, and he was talking to that yes. little girl. See, that shit freaks me out. That's also creepy. It's super creepy. Yeah, I mean, like, even this webcam, I have a little thing. I'm like, no, you go away. You I go know. to sleep. I don't want to fucking see you. <laughs> yeah, I just remember if you guys watched the last season of Silicon Valley, there was like a whole narrative thread about how one of the guys at this company was illegally recording people from their gaming headset mics. Like he ran this gaming website and whenever people would leave their gaming headsets connected to their computers or their consoles, they would just record whatever was on the mics. Gosh. And then they used it to like create like, um, (laughs) algorithms to do sales tracking, for keyword pickup and blah, 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 blah. And after I watched that episode of Silicon Valley, I was like, do I have to unplug literally everything that has a microphone in this house? Because there's a lot of microphones in my house. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, it's a, it's all futile because I have a microphone on my phone and I'm not going to disable the microphone on my phone. That's the whole reason you have a phone. It's to talk to people. So Although, I'm like, it's I futile. I mean, they just know everything. Actually, you do call me. But for the most part, I feel like I could get away with having my microphone disabled on my phone because it's usually a texting device and that is it. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Um, I call you. Yeah, so that- I call my mom. I call my aunt. That's about it. So that was the kind of like the, to me, like the big brother part about CES that gets bigger and bigger every year. I walked by the booth for the FBI multiple times because the FBI they have had a booth, booth set up what? at CES. What they have? Yes. Um, the were they female their- body inspectors or were they oh, the actual girl, FBI? That was a '90s <laughs> joke. I loved it. I um, props. Yeah. Also, I roll, but I love you. <laughs> um, no, it was actual the Federal Bureau of Investigation from the United States government. Uh, they were there to create uh, an opportunity and open lines of communication with businesses that wanted to talk about like global enterprise solutions to be like, hey, like how can the FBI help you protect your business, help you protect oh. you know, your consumers and your clients? Because let's be honest, if there's some kind of major breach – it, whether it be like a, a hack or security or whatever, the FBI is going to get involved. So maybe if you talk to the FBI first and say, hey, how can we prevent 
some kind of massive security breach from happening with our tech company by learning from all these other breaches that have happened that the FBI has obviously investigated and been involved with. That's why they were there. But I was just like, it's still weird that the FBI is just like creeping on CES. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they should. I feel yeah, like they, they, probably, they, they were probably fed up and they were like, you know oh, I what? I see what you did there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> uh, and they decided that they may as well just take matters into their own hands and show up where all the tech nerds were that aren't thinking about security and be like, yo, we're here in our blue vests. Pay us some respect. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. All right, listen, I could keep talking, and I'm going to save my HBO Westworld dinner for um, the second segment um, because I haven't played much. I have, but I went to this amazing, mind-boggling, like, kind of, like, difficult-to-describe experience that uh, HBO invited me to, and we'll talk about it more in the second segment. But I know Brittany is champing at the bit (laughs) to talk about this Pokemon news. Um, Samir, can you read this? Yes, I can. I just want to, so, you know, listen to your sweet, silky voice. You know, <laughs> I, there's a lot of fun Pokemon stuff that I'm about to read. So put your pants on. Oh, no. And I don't know where we're going, but you might need them. Okay, so Pokemon <laughs> Sword Shield expansions <laughs> add over 200 existing Pokemon. Unlike previous games in the series, Pokemon Sword and Shield won't be getting a new version of the game a year later with an extra adjective. Instead, Pokemon Sword Expansion Pass and Shield Expansion Pass DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield will allow you to play new stories in Galar using the save data and pocket monsters you already have. They'll also be bringing over 200 existing Pokemon to the games. So fun fact, apparently last time on the podcast... Uh, I don't remember which one it was. One of the ones we recorded over break. I accidentally said Galaga region <laughs> instead Gal- of Gal- oh, really? Gala region. And someone Galaga. tweeted tweeted it at me and I was like, oh, I'm stupid. But I think also I had been drinking. So whatever. Anyways, the first of these new stories are called The Isle of Armor coming in June 2020 and Crown Tundra coming in fall 2020. The Isle of Armor will feature new clothes, hell yeah, rivals, and Pokemon previously unseen in the Galar region as well, <laughs> like the legendary Pokemon Kubfu. Kubfu. <laughs> Kubfu. Kubfu. I'm just calling it Kubfu. <laughs> you live your best life, Samer. <laughs> Kubfu. Is it a panda bear? <laughs> kind of. Okay. And your starter will be able to Gigantamax. There are also what appear to be Gigantamax forms of evolved Generation 1 starters, Venusaur, and Blastoise. Good news for fans who were bummed that only Charizard was available. Mm -hmm. The Crown Tundra takes a place in a remote, frozen outpost and is focused on exploration. It's further out than the Isle of Armor, but we do know that it comes with a legendary Pokemon, Calrex, and a new form of co-op play where players can explore Pokemon dens with other players. Both of these new stories will be on seamless maps like the wild area in Pokemon Sword and Shield, though Game Freak said on the Nintendo Direct that they'll be bigger with more to do. You can buy both expansion passes now on the Nintendo eShop if you just really got like a stick up your butt about it and you really want it. <laughs> Uh, and they go for thirty dollars. Is that what happens? People get sticks up their ass. They're like, "Oh my god!" And they're like, "Stick up my ass." To, I have, have to buy, to buy Pokemon. The thing. I, I have, have to, to buy it. <laughs> I know that's not the correct. I think it was a bug up your ass. It's a bug up your ass. Right? I mean, or stick or a hair up your ass. It's fine. I don't remember. Wait, how, how does a bug? No. Oh, how does any of these things get in your ass? Okay. Do you how does that anything that person, get in your ass in general? No, no, no. Remember that person who was sunning themselves by like getting sun on their butt. Remember that? Don't you remember no. that person? 
I don't. Yeah, we talked about, oh, you wouldn't remember, Steimer. You don't remember anything we talk about on this, this goddamn show. My memory no, is anyway. that <laughs> There was a person who was, like, absorbing the sun by get, going on a rock in oh, Arizona. Yes, and think it's, yes, yes. That's how bugs and sticks get in your ass, ladies and gentlemen. That okay, is very Pokemon. true. Ooh. All right. Okay. So, yeah, All right. how do you feel about these expansion <laughs> passes that are 30 bucks each? Uh, I think it's really cool. I'm very excited about it. And it's it's fun because typically, like this article said, you know, it's like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, Pokemon Yellow, which was like a playoff Pokemon Red and Blue back in the day, which were entire new games. And they would have, you know, maybe a few new lo- locations to look at, maybe a new gym, a little bit of post-game expansion. But this is actual DLC where you get to take all of your little pocket monsters and explore all the new places with them. Which is really neat. So I have some Brit notes here. I'm just going to go down them. It's going to get real nerdy, but I know there's like at least 10 of you out there who will appreciate it. Some will appreciate this. Andrea, just have a drink or something. Okay, so we got okay. the Gigantamaxes of Venusaur and Blastoise. So Venusaur has like these cool like pink petals that hang all around him. And he has like this umbrella Ella Ella thing over him. And then he has a little chimney. And then there's a little Gigantamax clouds like going above his chimney. And it's really cool. And then he got Blastoise who has this armored shelf, like these mini little cannons sticking out of it. And I think it's about goddamn time they're in this game because I understand Charizard is like the iconic Pokemon of Gen 1. But poor. But you need to like pay respects to the other it's, two. That's what I'm saying. And you know all that controversy of you know where are the other Pokemon? Why aren't you adding more Pokemon? They're difficult to animate. Blah blah blah. It kind of sounds like Game Freak had this up their <laughs> sleeves, but of course they probably couldn't talk about it at the time. But the fact that we are getting 200 additional Pokemon is really exciting. I think the Galar region Pokedex is like what 500 right now. Hold on, I'm looking it up. I don't know. But I know the there's Galaga just, region is the no Galaga. There's just too. There's just too many. There's just too many. A, it is. It's a lot. It's it's a lot to digest. It's it is a lot. Okay, so I'm scrolling down to the very bottom. Don't you hate it when you're trying to scroll to the bottom of a website, but all these photos and keep it popping like, up? Jink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Knocks so 400. It looks like it's 400, and then it looks like they've so already updated 600. So yeah, the fact that you're getting you know 50 percent of the amount is like pretty exciting. I think that's a lot of content. And then our three starters get Gigantamax forms also, which is kind of frustrating that they didn't have that in the original game because you'd be in those gym battles and then the weird like cupcake Pokemon would turn into a cake Pokemon. And you're like, well, why can't my Pokemon do something cool too? Now I want cake. I know. That's how it goes. So my boy Sobble, who turns into Inteleon, actually gets like a legit sniper rifle, which I think is fucking awesome. Wait, wait, there's guns in Pokemon? It's like a water gun, but it's made to look like a sniper rifle. So, you know, little boy Sobble, he's like this meek little water Pokemon. And he he just cries. He grows up. And then he grows up to be a sniper. Yeah, he's like this like agent almost, and so his something went seriously wrong in Sabo's life. I mean, well, listen, he was he had a rough childhood. I don't know. He needed someone to talk to. I don't know what's going on with his life, but he evolves, and now he's like this super agent. And then his main attack was like a like a, a jet of water that came out of his hand. But now he gets almost like a sniper stand, and then on top he has his water gun, and he like gets to shoot people with it. And it's it's just water. It's Pokemon. No one actually gets hurt in this game. Well, I guess Pokemon do because they faint. Everybody anyway. faints, but. That's it. Mm-hmm. Rillaboon I'm gets sure. a huge, like, drum set. He's, like, a member of, like, ACDC or some shit. And then Cinderace, he gets really big ears. This is your boy, Steimer. And then he gets to stand mm-hmm. on a big ball of fire. Nice. Thought you'd appreciate Great balls that. of fire. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Isle of Amur, or Amur, 
which is not it at all, but I like to pretend like I'm fancy. So the theme of this expansion is <laughs> is growth, and it's full of beautiful nature, beaches, bogs, forests, caves, and dunes. Bogs? Bogs is not a beautiful nature. Bogs are the places nobody wants to go. I know. That's kind of what I thought, too. But everything they showed was all, like, beautiful and beachy, and like, bogs. Like, I the bog of a turtle stench. I thought that's where exactly. bo- yeah. I thought bogs were where monsters hung out. Anywho, so there's a dojo <laughs> there. Hang out. Yeah, right. Um, there's a dojo there for. But battles. isn't this just full of pocket monsters? Oh, oh. toss the coin to hey. your you know what? Ah. Andrea, when you come through, you come through. Thanks. That was good. <laughs> That was good. Um, there's a dojo for battles, and it sounds like the story is you take the apprenticeship under the trainer who runs it, who is a former champion himself. His name is Mustard. <clears throat> He's an okay. old man, and his name is Mustard. And if you are Turtle playing Pokemon mustard? with the with the rusty pipe, yeah, in the yeah. library, in the library, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you are playing Pokemon Sword, you get to train with a lady named Clara. She's poison type. She's well, she likes poison type Pokemon. She's not a Pokemon herself. That would be weird. But she's super cute. She has like this pink hair and this like cute bow and these cute little shoes. But if you play Shield, you get this kind of weird looking dude named Avery. And I don't know what's going on with him. He has like this top hat with these Pokeballs that are like orbiting it. And then he has uh, the little ruffle thing on his neck. It's like called a cravat, cravat, I don't know what it is. And he wears like these weird ruffle socks or he wears them and he's kind of weird looking anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm looking, I'm watching this video, this trailer. I just saw this dude. Yeah, he's got, he's kind of freaky looking. He creeps me out. I'm glad he won't be in my game. But if you do have Sword and Shield, there is an update right now that if you download it and you go to, I think it's the first train station in the game, you're... um, person that it, clara or avery will be there and you get a chance to catch a uh, galarian slowpoke which is really cute okay Ooh. and then you get the legendary kubfu as samer likes to call it and Koo-foo. you get that you get that for a mustard and you want to evolve him and he evolves into something called Ur- urshifu and he has two distinct fighting types if you're interested cool so that's kind of all we know about isle of armor amor and then we have the Crown Tundra, and this is the one I'm really excited about. The theme of this one is exploration, and it's this big, icy, frigid landscape with all of these mountains and these little villages. And there's temples and other weird things to uncover. It sounds like it's going to be some dungeon crawling, which I think would be really cool. Uh, but the thing I'm most excited about are the Pokemon dens. So right now, if you're playing Sword and Shield, you're wandering around the wild area. You see all the Pokemon dens. There are the little things in the ground with the big beams of light coming up. And then you, inside you fight the Dynamax Pokemon, and they're the big dudes. And that's it. Like You're inside a Pokemon den is the idea. But with this, you actually get to explore the Pokemon dens with friends. It sounds like it's co-op, so I don't know how many people. But they're kind of like – it sounds like a raid, right? Like a legit raid where you're going through and fighting things and fighting the big boy at the end. And there's Gen 1 Pokemon in here and all the legendaries. So they showed Mewtwo, for example, which is really Aww, exciting. Oh, Mewtwo. I know. And you can actually catch them and bring them with you to your little party where you take them out of their natural habitat and shove them in a Pokeball and then send them off to like your PC somewhere. And then make them go to your stupid camp and play with toys. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Make them curry, which is Mm. great. And then the legendary for this one is a Pokemon called Calyrex. He's psychic in grass. He looks like a deer with a big green growth coming out of his head. I would say he looks more like a rabbit. He looks like a rabbit, oh, but, with, a rabbit. but with yeah. more ears. And the ears are holding a pin cushion. Yes. That's a great explanation. And on his little... Well, the things around his neck. They look like big He's green He's got curls. like a big jingle bell collar. 
Yeah, and there's little Triforces on it. I think yeah. it's an alternative timeline where something gets goes fucking wrong with Zelda. Link gets turned into a Pokemon. Don't ask And me. this is a Pokemon. He also looks like he has wings of some kind. See? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. He's kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah, he's neat. Yeah. So he's a anywho, big brain. Big brain boy. <laughs> big brain boy. Very, very smart Pokemon. That's kind of the gist of everything. Uh, again, like the 200 Pokemon. So what's cool about this is... Even if you don't buy the expansions, you can still trade with people who have caught those Pokemon. If you want to, you know, like complete your Pokedex, if you can find a really good friend who will catch you Pokemon and trade them <laughs> to you for your meager Pokemon that you got. Like, please, please, alms for the poor. Please. And Pokemon Home is coming in 20, I think it was February 2020 was what I saw. And that's what's going to allow you to bring your Pokemon over from your other games as long as they appear and Pokemon Sword and Shield in the expansion, you can bring those Pokemon over. Come off anyway, the dead all- cartridge that you will never be played yeah. on. Come. So it's it's interesting because each expansion is $30. And to me, I think it's more than worth it, the price point. Because folks think that's too much. But these are also the same people who would buy like the Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and the extra version of the game that came out later. And I don't know how much those went for. I mean, I don't know how much 3DS games were. I don't remember. It's been a while. But um, yeah, See, I think your I, memory sucks too. It's I haven't bought a 3DS game in so fucking long. <laughs> uh, anywho, yeah. So I mean, I personally think it's worth it. I can understand though why people would have that initial sticker shock of, oh my God, $30 on top of the $60 game. It was 39.99 new MSRP. Version. Okay. So it's just 20 bucks more. <laughs> and um I-, I can see but I think you know Nintendo's still pretty new when it comes to releasing. I mean, they did some really cool stuff with Breath of the Wild, but releasing, you know, <clears throat> big expansions and whatnot. And so I think people haven't quite built that trust up yet with them and be like, "Okay, if they're going to charge us $30 for something, it's going to be worth every penny." Um, so we'll see when it comes out in June, the first expansion, but I think it's going to be worth it. I'm excited. The wild, the fact that these two areas are like wild areas is the really big selling point as well. So it's a lot of roaming, a lot of exploration, lots of fun Pokemon spawns to get all excited for and fight for. And let's go. Let's go. Rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Are you ready for more Pokemon news? Yeah, I don't really no, care about please, this one God, that much. No. This is a short one, Andrea. <laughs> it's okay. okay. I have nothing to say about this one. You'll be fine. Yeah, this one's more... This is just the news. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team Remake is coming to Switch in March. So, 2006 Pokemon roguelikes for the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team Blue and Red are getting a snazzy makeover for the Nintendo Switch. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX arrives on Switch March 6th with a demo available Right now, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best entries in Spike Chunsoft's long-running Mystery Dungeon series, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team, casts the player as a human transformed into a pocket monster and cast into a world inhabited by Pokemon, a world the player must help save. The player and their partners explore dungeons one step at a time, enemies moving when they do in true roguelike fashion. Cool. Did you it ever play really this? Cute. I did not. Did you? No. But I actually saw it, and I thought it was interesting. So I'm, I am glad that they are bringing it to Switch. Yeah, and it looks the art style is really nice too. Into yeah, it. the art style is always always up my alley. All right, time to talk about Andrea's next favorite topic: Final Fantasy 15. Yay! The game that will never die. So this comes from Kotaku. A new Final Fantasy 15 MMORPG for mobile is coming. 
Square Enix is teaming up with South Korean developer JSC Games and Chinese game maker Gaia Gaia Mobile to develop a Final Fantasy 15 massively multiplayer online role-playing game for mobile. Tentatively titled, well, Final Fantasy 15 Mobile, the game has been in the works for a few years. It's being developed with Unreal Engine 4 and will be published by Shanghai Oriental Pearl Group Invin reports. According to Coulter, the upcoming game is set in a parallel Final Fantasy XV world that takes place right after Noctis begins his journey. The mobile game will feature new full-scale regions to explore. The developers say they hope to bring the original console experiences flashy action and graphics to mobile with touch-based controls. A trailer is expected during the first half of this year, along with concrete release details. According to Enduins, the game will be released in China first, and a global release is planned, apparently. So, where is my girl Alexa Ray when I need her? This is just, again, kind of confusing, kind of not surprising, kind of all of the above. I'm a mixed bag of emotion. So, Final Fantasy XV obviously had a really weird post-launch DLC schedule. The game came out in November of 2016, and then for the next year, it kind of drip-dropped these little mini-episodes featuring some of the main characters that completed the story which is content that probably should have been, you know, obviously included from the get-go. But hey, and then uh, then Comrades was announced, and then it was just kind of, why is, why is this happening? And then the last three episodes, RNA, Luna, and Noctis, were canceled because Hajime Tabata left Luminous Productions, who was working on the Final Fantasy XV DLC to go do his own thing, which is a really, really cool thing he's doing, by the way. Um, so we got all that... DLC canceled, which would have been more important to the game. But obviously, this is another developer making this. So, okay. I know Luminous is working on their own thing. And just a couple weeks ago, they talked about it and said it's like a really long ways away still. And they're still not talking about what it is exactly. Anywho, this game just won't go away. So I just wanted to give my Final Fantasy 15. I mean, it's Final Fantasy. It's despite the name Final in the title, it will never go away. <laughs> it's true. It's true, Simer. So now we're getting a Final Fantasy 15 MMO three year, three years, four, almost four years. I don't know, three years. Math is hard. After. Yeah. 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 Cool. For mobile. For mobile. And it's going to China first. That's because that's I mean, who this is marketed for. Yeah. There are hundreds of millions of gamers in China. It's a good place to start. Yeah. Cool. All right, Brittany, I'm ready for for another dance, another more dancing. All right. Or this is not that exciting to you. Or you you like, I knew this was going to be happening, Avi. Well, there's it, it kind of gets into some more interesting details. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Capcom says nothing will stop Resident Evil 3 from launching in April. The Resident Evil 3 remake has an outrageously short marketing cycle, writes Destructoid. Announced less than a month ago, it's already releasing in early April. That's not changing come hell or high water. Or giant scary-ass nemesis. In an interview with Famitsu, as reported by IGN, Capcom showed great confidence that Resident Evil 3 is making its April 3rd launch date. Producers Peter Fabiano and Masawa Kawada said that there will be no delay, adding that the game is approximately 90% done at this point. In a separate interview with PlayStation Magazine UK, Capcom revealed a few more details about the remake. Mercenaries Mode, which has a guns-blazing race-against-the-clock minigame unlocked by beating the campaign, 
will not return. Also omitted are the live-action choices during the cutscenes that influenced later events. However, there's confirmation that Carlos will be playable. There's also the interesting note that the Nemesis was seemingly motion-captured, as Capcom created it in real life to be able to be scanned by photogrammetry. Yikes. You know that's going to show up at an event somewhere and oh, be I know. awful. I'm so excited. Changes were expected, especially given that Capcom considers this short sort of a remake and a remix at the same time. We'll see everything that's new and different on April 3rd. That date sounds pretty firm. <sighs> firm like tofu. Is there going to be you... tofu in this game? No, sadly. I don't think Damn. so. Can you tell that I pulled these news stories for this week's show? Can anyone yes. Yes. see yes. it? <laughs> yes, definitely. Just I think little... I said that when we were trying to troubleshoot. Yeah. I was like, is this just the Britney show? I think it is. It's such yes. a good week. I'm living my best life. Okay, so again, this is... People who are casual Resident Evil fans won't give two flying shits about this. But for <laughs> us nerdy folk, and I know you guys are out there because I read your comments all the time. Interesting news. So there was a UK Resident Evil 3 interview in PlayStation Magazine. And there's just a little bit of tidbits that were included. So the first one is that you shouldn't... Oh, first of all, this came from Wolfie PL on Reddit, who put all this together and then there's the article we just read so you shouldn't expect an exploration of raccoon city like an open world game but there will be plenty of exploration in many areas of the city not too surprising we knew that we were going to be able to experience new locations as evidenced by some of the screenshots and some of the videos we saw but still good to know that there's gonna be more exploration because this is kind of like our last real shot to get a real good look at raccoon city before it you know kind of goes poof very sad uh, Nemesis will use an improved version of the AI developed for the Tyrant of Resident Evil 2 Remake. So the thing about Nemesis is he could run really quick. He has a rocket launcher, and he's going to chase your ass. He has a rocket right. launcher? That's he not has... fair. I know, Simer. That No, I know. And I'm really curious how they're going to balance this and make it seem like there's that line of of being scared and having like the anxiety. <laughs> and then there's the, this is too fucking annoying. Um, that's when they're going to give me that $5 DLC that unlocks unlimited ammo. And I'll be like, yes, this is the only way to play this game. <laughs> I hope they launch with that. I think that would be really cool. Um, there's the mutant worms that are coming back. And this is a fight that Jill has mutant in the game. Worms. They're called grave diggers. They kind of look like a penis and a vagina at the same time. I don't know how what? they did it, but they did look it up. It's uh, it's a thing. Grave, grave diggers. Digger. Grave okay. digger. Resident Evil mutant. 3. Worms. Grave Digger, Resident Evil 3. You have to make sure you get it when it's oh my god, and when its mouth is open. It's what the? How? What the? It's a, it's a, it's a thing. Resident it's Evil. Actually, man. it looks for it looks an awful lot like some of the Persona monsters. <laughs> You're, yeah, I mean this one isn't as bad as that Persona one. It doesn't like have yeah, that, all of oh, the parts. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the big news out of this is that there's not going to be the action choice mechanism. And so what that means is throughout Resident Evil 3. There are a few moments where you have a few options and ways you want to interact with Nemesis. And those actions and choices ultimately lead to the ending that you would get. Now, the endings that you would get in Resident Evil 3, they're not crazy different. It's not like like something we're used to seeing out of a, a Bioware game or something like that. Um, the, the, canon, the, the lore of Resident Evil 3 is kind of like set. There's not too much that kind of goes off the beaten path. So... 
this is surprising. I think this was something that a lot of people were looking forward to, but it makes sense that, you know, they might want to make just one canon ending. I feel like we see that happening with games, you know, that are kind of like remastered or remade and they have sequels. They're like, okay, this is the choice you're going to make, or this is a choice we're making. You can still make your choice in the old school one, but this is the canon way we're going. So it sounds like that's what's going on. Um, and obviously no mercenaries mode. People are upset about that, but you are getting the project resistance mode and that's probably why you're not getting mercenaries. There we go. Cool. Gravediggers also kind of look like the Worms and Tremors. Hmm. Ew, they do. Yep. That's a good movie, though. I love yeah. Tremors. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Surprise. What? I mean, I mean that's not surprising at all. No. <laughs> Surprise. Ugh. Okay, when you're here next, we'll watch it, Brittany. Yeah. Add, it, <laughs> add it to the list. Add it to the list. Tremors. <laughs> all right. And all right. Brittany has put some, in case you missed it, little tidbits here. Uh, I'll read the first one, and there's one for each of us, so, you know. Oh, perfect. Party all around. Uh, The Uncharted movie lost its sixth director. Travis Knight, who directed Bumblebee, is gone, supposedly due to scheduling conflicts with Tom Holland's Spider-Man obligations. You know, at this point, as much as I love Tom Holland, uh, just fetch isn't going to happen. I don't know if this movie (laughs) is going to make it. I don't know how many directors you can possibly go through. <laughs> I think this thing was first floated around in like 2007, 2008. It's been it's 2007 been a hot is when I graduated college. Yeah. It's uh it's I can't that's that can't be right. 2007 can't be right. I thought that's what I thought that's when it was first uncharted film rumor. I mean this isn't gonna, this is going to give me tons of to, Yeah, uh with rumors dating to 2008. That's less than a year after okay. Uncharted. Anywho, yeah, so it's it'll be a thing. We'll see if this is actually going to happen at this point. I don't know. I can't I don't believe it. Should. Rumored, I've had a whole ass career in the time it has taken them to make nothing. <laughs> That's insane. Look at that. You're doing so basically. Better. It's like Final Fantasy. Oh, oh. what? So true. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and moving on, yet more rumors are swirling about a Nintendo Switch Pro console. This time, reports are coming from Taiwanese newspaper DigiTimes, which claims a new model will be released in mid 2020 and production will begin quote at the end of the first quarter 2020. The report states that Nintendo will release the model with a magnesium alloy body and an update to the CPU. Mm. A, a Nintendo of America spokesperson told Poly- Polygon it quote has nothing to announce on this topic. Of course not. Of course of not. Course. Nintendo's, we don't comment yeah. on rumors or speculation. I yeah. used to dole that sentence out all the time when I worked in PR. Yeah. Just- I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, and lastly, via IGN, Respawn Entertainment CEO and co-founder will soon be taking on a new role under EA's umbrella as the head of DICE LA. The change will happen in 2020 and Zampella says a studio name change and unannounced game are already in the cards. Quote, under Zampella, there are plans to expand and launch an original as-yet-unrevealed game, the LA Times reports. The company will remain separate from Respawn, and Zampella says likely will drop the DICE name. Um, I think this is great news for DICE. I think that they definitely need some help because they just have too much work and not enough bodies. And EA wants to keep pumping games out, and they just they just can't because... They just don't have enough people to make everything that EA is demanding. And clearly, Zampella has a long history working in the action and shooter space. So I think that he's a great pick. Mm-hmm. And he's riding on a high right now, coming off of Apex Legends and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order under Respawn. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Yep. 
And on that note, it's time to take our first break of the show. Oh. It's almost like we've done a full show already. Yep. OMG. Uh, but we've got lots more to talk about in the next segment. Plus, still to come, we've got your Patreon-sponsored segment talking about our favorite games to play when we're drunk. Oh, it's going to be a fun one. Stick with us, everybody. We'll be right back. good everybody welcome back to the what's good games podcast that's right it's time for segment number two Brittany pounding that five hour energy oh boy getting amped up oh yes it's gonna be a late night oh yeah i have a feeling mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god yeah oh but you know what it reminds me of our early days Brittany. yeah but we used to have to be up until like three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how to publish the show oh god don't remind me i like this is one of those traumatic things where you block out in your head your brain's like nope we're not gonna remember this and then you just reminded mm-hmm. me because guess what we're gonna be doing that tonight yeah it's gonna be just like old times i love it um so why don't we talk about something fun though instead of something maybe a little about our, our future <laughs> yes exactly so i have been thoroughly enjoying the photos that you have been posting on social media, Brittany, of your adorably derpy dog, Reb. Uh, and now he just wants to play Nintendo Switch Ring Fit Adventure with you. Yeah, he really wants to. The problem is he's such a fatty. He doesn't understand, like, there's no concept of personal space and no idea of how big he really is. I mean, I think all dogs are like this, right? And no, cats. I mean, even when... It's just, a, it's just an animal thing because even Portillo, back in the day, if I would try and do any sort of exercise, he would just come sit on me. Yeah. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, but why? (laughs) But why? It's like, oh, you're sitting down. I want to join you. It's going to be great. Uh, Thanks for bringing all of your toys, Reb. Thanks for licking me. Thanks for sitting on me. Thanks for making me step on your hard bones that you bring in the carpet. It's great. So, yeah, I have been playing Ring Fit Adventure. And so for Christmas, I got Jason one and then I got myself one. So we decided that we would use this in between our workout days. So we go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, in theory, it sounds real good to like maybe run on the treadmill or do something, but we just needed some motivation, something different to try. So I got us this with hopes that we would use it. And we've used it for three days in a row. So, Ooh, hey. Oh, nice. Hey. What, is it, what kind of exercises are there? Are they like yeah. Pilates or are they not? Well, I'm glad you asked one, Christine Steimer. Okay, so... Because <laughs> it's a Pilates to, ring, which is why I ask. Right, right. So to set it up, like Steimer said, you have this Pilates ring, I guess is what it's called. And how would you describe it? Like really like resistant but bendable plastic that you can push in or pull out? Like a thigh master. Oh, yeah, okay. it, is, it is. It is kind of like a thigh master. There yeah, it's <laughs> moldable plastic or slightly, slightly flexible but inflexible to give you some resistance. Exactly. So the top of the the ring con has a little slot for your right Joy-Con. And then your left Joy-Con, you strap right above your left thigh. And it has a little pouch for it. Like and a little garter. St- yeah, like a little garter. And you stick that on and then you are ready to go, sweetie. Okay, so when you boot it up, you have three different modes that you can choose from. Unless you consider multitasking to be a, a mode, but I'll get into that later. So you have... 
the quick play, you have custom, you have adventure, and you have multitask. I'll talk about adventure at the end because I think that's the most exciting one. So I'll get these other ones out of the way. So you have quick play and you have within quick play three other little mini different modes you can do. Simple, mini games, or sets. So the simple are basically hold this ring in how many um, times can you pull this ring in 20 seconds? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like this tests your your delts or your not your delts your dorsi muscles your what are they called the latissimus dorsal latissimus dorsi is what it says on the screen whatever it's it's Nintendo and so you have you know maybe like ten or so different specific muscle groups that you can have little tests with so. It's okay. You got 20 seconds. How many times can you pull it out? How many times can you put... That's what she said. How many times <laughs> can you, like, push it in? And then it tracks how that's many... That's what set- she said. Yep. How many, how many reps you do? And then at the end, it's like, okay, you did this many. We're going to record this for you. And you can, you know, join the leaderboard with other players if you want. So you can see how well you're doing. And obviously, the goal is to improve over time. So that's if you just want to get in and get a quick, like, no bullshit, little mini, like, muscle movement going. And then they have the mini games, which are really, they're pretty silly, but they're cute. So, for example, there's the squattery wheel. And imagine like what? a, sl- yeah, squattery wheel. <laughs> so, you know, like pottery wheels work. So, right? you're imagine doing one of those squats? Yeah, okay. I'll try to explain this. So, a pottery wheel, I'm assuming we all kind of know what one of those is. You have it. If you've ever watched Ghost, yes, you do. Yes, yes. Oh, Patrick Swayze. So beautiful in that movie. Uh, anywho, you have a wet slab of clay. And to move up or down the clay because what you want to do here is you want to match a photo that's been presented to you so you want to form your slab of clay to look like this example photo so to with move your thighs with your squats so imagine oh my god to move up or down <laughs> on the on the slab of clay you have to squat so if you have to give it like an hourglass figure you have to squat like halfway down and then you have to squeeze the ring in and then what's going to happen are these little things are going to come in from the side and start like chipping away at the clay and then if you need to let's say like trim the top then you have to stand up a little bit more and then squeeze the ring and then the same would work if you need to give it like a narrow bottom you squat all the way down you squeeze in the ring and then the clay like starts getting more that's of so course, weird by the time i was done my clay looked like an abomination from hell but i still got a b rating so thank you nintendo for encouraging me they're like yeah. you tried you tried you did the thing <laughs> and then there's the one called the thigh rider mm. nice. and for this you sit on a couch or a chair or whatever you got and you stick the ring con between your legs well between your knees well your thighs technically i think is what they want but it can be kind of awkward and then your character is in a car that just auto moves on its own and you have to squeeze your legs together and when you do that the car will jump in the air and the idea is like a little platformer the idea is to get coins right and if you squeeze and hold then your uh, car will just hover and you can get like all the coins in a row that are like above the track. So that's just kind of an example of some of the mini games they have. Obviously, those are both leg related, but they have a lot of other ones. Like if you want to work your abs or your waist, you hold the ring con like a fan and you kind of switch, you kind of rotate from side to side and you bat away discs or frisbees that are being thrown at you. So they're kind of silly, kind of cute. And then the last mode under quick play are called sets and this takes about five exercises related to a particular area and you just kind of like nail them one after the other and so there's upper arm set like a waist set a glute abs yoga aerobics and etc etc so if you're like i want to work my glutes today then you just select the glute set and then it has five different exercises pertaining to that muscle group and you have x amount of reps i think to do 
And then once that time is done, or it's either time-related or rep-related, I'm not sure. But either way, when you're done with that one, then you move on to the next exercise. So, so you're doing only one set of each? Uh, Well, yeah, one set of each exercise. Okay. So, yeah. And then you do all the whatever reps that are in between. So that's quick play. That's like you just want to hop in and do the damn thing. Do something really quick, yeah. Yeah. As, as do you feel titled. like – so do you feel like they were effective – Yes. I mean, you're definitely because you're you, here's the thing. So I work out three days a week and I just do like machines and some free weights. Right. So like the quick plays, these modes really aren't for me. What I like is the adventure mode. And I'll talk about that in a bit. But for what it's worth, you know, Jason's been working out with the trainer for a year. And by the end of like fucking around with some of these modes, he was like sweaty and gross and sticky because, you know, you're still working your body in a different way than I think we're used to doing. You know, it's kind of like that different, get the heartbeat going in a different way. Um, I definitely, like when I'm doing the the mode, the exercise where you have to push the ring in, I'm definitely like, oh my God, by the end of it. It's because I'm not used to doing that particular exercise with in my typical gin routine. Um, and I can't say like I've been sore or anything like that, but in the moment, like the heart is definitely pumping and I'm feeling like I got noodle arms. So again, only three days into it. So not entirely sure, like long term. How it'll work? Is it is it fun though? Because that's the whole idea. Is that obviously the genesis for this isn't really to get ripped, right? Like that's a I think right. a nice byproduct is to be able to like say, hey, I'm playing a video game and I'm actually like moving my muscles and getting my blood flowing instead of sitting on a couch. Yeah, but that it's supposed to be designed to be fun. Like it sounds a lot like the old Wii fitness stuff, the balance board and shit. Um, yeah, I really, I really liked that I stuff. I thought too. it was fun. It was hard to stick with because it got kind of boring and repetitive. But in the beginning, I was like, "Oh, this is cool." And then I was like, "Okay, now I've done the same thing over and over again." Yeah. So personally, I don't think I'm going to be using the quick play because I feel like I get my reps and my weights, you know, whatnot at the gym. But the thing I'm loving that's really fun is actually the adventure mode. So this is the thing we saw where you know the person's like holding the ring and they're like running around and fighting enemies. So the story is you accidentally release a buff demon god thing named Drago, and he's a bad guy, and so you, the hero, have to stop said bad guy. So you first start up, you select your avatar, you can customize them, kind of. I mean, you can change the hair color and the eye color and your skin color, but that's it. You're kind of stuck with, like, the fiery red, electric-y, bolty ponytail, which is, it's cool. Okay. It's fine. And there are more than 100 levels. There are 20 worlds. And I'm only on world two. So again, like maybe four or five levels in. And so reading my notes here. Okay. Yeah. So you start off and they're like, Hey, do you want to do a quick stretch? And I'm going into detail about this because I think this ring fit adventure is really good for people. You know, we talked about this when it was first announced, like who would want to use this? Why would you want to use this? And I think this is actually a really great fun way. If you're new to exercise or maybe you're not so new to exercise, but you're looking for something kind of fun to supplement in between this, this could be good. Cause it kind of really, it really does like take care of you. And you can tell that a lot of thought went into it. So you start out and you can start with a stretch. You don't have to stretch, but if you do, you get experience points, which I'll talk about oh, later. Nice. Like why those are, yeah, it's, it's like a one to two minute long thing. Nothing too fancy, but it definitely like, you know, gets you moving a little That's bit. nice that they like encourage you to warm up because you should, if you're, Working out at a gym. Don't skip the warm-up. Yeah, exactly. So you have the overworld map, and think of it as like an old-school, well, old-school, I guess Mario games still do this, where the levels are represented by little circles on the map, right? And you kind of move from like left to right, left to right. And each 
each um, level has a level suggestion. So this does have a lot of RPG elements in it. So your character does level up by completing exercises, by fighting enemies. And when you do level up, your attack increases, as does your armor. And then eventually you'll get more heart containers. So I was level 4, and I tried to do a level 7. And I failed, not because like I was you know dying of you know, lack of oxygen, but because the enemies were doing too much damage to me and I couldn't properly guard. And I'll talk, I'll get into more details about that. So you kind of want to pay attention to the level suggestion and the way you do level up is by maybe replaying some levels by doing the stretches before and after your workout, get those XP. And during the levels, there are coins and other big like collectibles that will give you the XP boost. Okay. So you start a level. So what do you do? You hold the ring in front of you, and you quite literally run in place. Now, before you start a level, it's like, okay, you're going to do this level. We estimate this will take five to six minutes. You're going to run approximately a third of a mile, and you're going to get 2,000 experience points after you do it. Cool. And also worth noting, you can customize the exercises you do when you do battle these enemies. So let's say you have, like, bad knees, and you can't – well, if you have bad knees, you shouldn't be doing this anyway – Let's say you have like you have bad strength in your arms and you only want to do lower body exercises. You can customize the the fight the moves that you do to fight the enemy. So you hold your ring con and you just like quite literally start running in place and your little character will like run in place. Well, not she won't run in place. She's running through this obviously very linear path that through the kind of like this enchanted little forest looking area. It's kind of like, you know, magical looking and whatnot. And as you're running, you know, the quicker you run in place, the quicker your character will run. And worth noting, too, on the lower left of the screen, there's a timer that starts from the minute you start playing adventure mode until you quit. But the timer only counts when you're actually moving. So if you're taking a break or if you're, like, in a menu, it won't count that. So it's kind of interesting that you have that timer. It says, okay, I worked out for actually, like, 15 minutes or whatnot. So you're running, running, running. There's coins around you. You can, as you run, you can squeeze the thing in and it'll like poof out a, a blast of air and you can use that to break boxes where you'll get coins for or you can pull it and that'll cause like a vacuum like a black hole of sorts and coins will come to you and if you squeeze the ring con and point down your character will jump so that's kind of how you move around and as you're running you will come across enemies now that the fighting part is kind of silly but it's really cute so you come across like monster kettlebells and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice and adorable um, and so at this point you choose which exercise you want to use and your options are limited in the beginning, but as you level up, you do unlock new exercises and I just unlocked my first new exercise and it's a front press. So essentially like you hold the ring con like at your like hips and you push in and what it does is it does AOE damage because sometimes you'll fight three enemies instead of one. So you actually have to kind of get a little tactical with it and see like, okay, so I got three enemies here. I know this move does this. I do this move does that. But the moves have a cooldown, so you can't just like squat your way through an entire battle, right? Like you have to. <laughs> that would be amazing. Power <laughs> yeah. squat. Power squat. Let's go. And so each move has, I would say like 15 or 16 or so reps per battle. So imagine... You're like, okay, there's one evil kettlebell over there. I'm going to squat him to death. It's not exactly what happens. So you stand there and you pick the squat and you squat down. And then this little thing comes up on the screen. It says hold and the hold meter starts filling, filling, filling. And then once it's filled, you stand up and that's one. And it's like hold, you go down, hold it, hold it, stand up too. If you stand up too soon, it won't do anything. I'll say, hey, you did it too soon. Then you have to start over. 
And the first like half of them are those slow reps. And then at the very, like once you reach that halfway point, then it's like, okay, boom, boom, boom. Like you have to go fast. So it kind of changes it up in that sense. And then after you've done your turn and dealt your damage, the enemy will then attack you back. They're going to do damage, but you can guard, which will prevent a little less than the amount of damage they do. So you hold the ring con against your abs, you squeeze it in, you kind of brace yourself, and then the enemy um, attacks you, and then you have to hold it, hold it, hold it until they're done, and then you let go, and then it's your turn to fight again. Have you Um, tried cheating on your squats? Because it's really only (laughs) able to... It's only on your leg, right? Like, so have you have you messed around with it at all to be like? I have, yeah. I've. What's I've tried... what are the limits of this thing? <laughs> yeah. So I've tried doing squats that like weren't super deep, and then I've done did squats that were really deep, and it de- deals about the same amount of damage. But you do have a little coach. His name is Tip. I think is like T I P P. Who's always kind of like encouraging you, or it's your ring. The ring itself is alive, by the way, and it talks to you. Oh, creepy. Yeah, it's a cool thing. And it's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because he, the ring does a really good job at encouraging you. It's like, okay, make sure you bend your le- knees. Make sure your knees don't go too far over your feet. And it shows you on the oh, left. That's of- good. It's giving you tips on like yeah. your form. Yeah. And on the, oh yeah. Also on the far left of the screen, it shows you proper form constantly. It shows oh, like the cool, little, cool, cool. like a drawn animation of someone doing it right. And it is nice. It's like, okay, you know, three more, two more, one more. Great. You're doing awesome. You're doing such a good job. Rah. He's a good like, friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Yeah. I'm I great. Do, I do the good squats. You did the good squats. And so then the enemy fights back and then you have to pick your next attack you want to do and et cetera, et cetera. I've only done one boss fight and that was about eight minutes, I think, of like constant exercising. And like, I was like, oh, oh this is a... This really does get the blood pumping, and you can adjust the difficulty, right? So um, I don't know what difficulty I'm at. I don't know which one Jason's at, but we have it pretty tuned in to, like, what will make us sweat. But you can always lower it. You can always increase it. Every time you start up a new session, it's like, hey, how did you feel last time? Do you want to go – do you want to lessen the difficulty? Do you want to increase it? And you can tell what you want to do, and it's good. And I think what that does is ultimately it makes it so you don't have to maybe hold as long. You don't have to deal as many attacks to damage the enemies, that sort of thing. Um, you do collect coins throughout the game and you can buy gear, which I think does increase your armor. So that's kind of like a fun little RPG thing. And then when you decide you're all done, you said, I'm done. And it says, cool, you should cool down. You cool down. And then it gives you a breakdown of all the exercises you did for that session. It says, okay, you did 30 squats today. You did 15 knee to chest exercises. You ran in place for a quarter of a mile, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's... I'm really surprised with how much fun it is. Like I said earlier, I think the quick play stuff is cool. Not really like my sucks. I feel like I get that resistance training like really in, you know, at the gym. But running around in, in place and doing like these cool little aerobic exercises and doing what I want with, you know, whatever I feel like doing that day in terms of like, do I want to work my legs or my abs or whatnot? It's it's a really good way to, for someone who does, you know, exercise quite regularly to just kind of like do something different in between the gym days. And I think this is an excellent way for someone who is new to fitness or wants to get into fitness or just wants to move in general to get introduced to it because it does a really good job at being gentle with you, telling you what you should do, what the form should be, giving you tips along the way. It gives you random tidbits of advice when it comes to nutrition and exercise as you're playing. And um, yeah, I'm really surprised. It's great. Wow. I wasn't anticipating this in depth of an analysis, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Um, how expensive are those ring cons again? I don't know how much they are separately. I think the ring con in the game ring con ring con in the game was ninety. Oh gosh, it's just like 
Feels like so much. Okay, eighty dollars. Sorry, I lied. It's eighty dollars at Target right now and seventy dollars at Walmart. So you might be able to get it cheap. Oh, mm-hmm. That's not bad. I mean, like in fairness, like most exercise gear is not cheap, right? Yeah. A, a lot of specialty stuff like that is, you know, around that same price. So I'm not saying it's you know high high price. I just like. We're like, oh, if it was like 40 bucks, I'd be like, cool, I'll try it. And I was like, mm, I don't know, 80 is just a little bit more cost prohibitive than I want it to be right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I am spending a lot of money on other fitness things that I need to utilize before I That's buy fair. fitness thing that I don't <laughs> use. It's always fun to buy it, right? But then do you yeah, actually use it? The shopping part is great, you guys. <laughs> I love shopping. <laughs> it's the exercising part that's the hard part. Yeah. Um, but no, it sounds cool. Um, maybe we should try it and, and do it together sometime. You can mm-hmm. show me how to do some squattery. Squattery oh, pottery, baby girl. Squattery. <laughs> squattery wheel. I'll show you how to work that squattery uh, wheel. I, squattery I hate wheel. the name. I hate the name so much. <laughs> it is so weird. It's definitely weird. Um, okay, so I... Over the break, I didn't play very much, actually. I continued playing more Darksiders Genesis and have been really enjoying it and having a lot of fun and and can't wait to keep playing and keep going through. Really nails that RPG progression that I like about the Darksiders series and the top-down gameplay is fun. I still want to play co-op. haven't played a co-op yet, so, Brett, if you ever want to try that out, let me Mm -hmm. know. Um, but I've been really enjoying it. Love the difference of the gameplay between War and Strife and all the different boss fights. And, like, the boss fights are no joke. Like, they take a lot of strategy, which is a nice change of pace for me because I know that there's a way to change the difficulty, but I haven't been able to find it in the stadium <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. So I'm like, well, I guess I just got to learn good. to be better at games. Okay, here we go. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, where's the where's the baby-ass baby mode? <laughs> Can't can't find it oh, i'm happy you're um, enjoying it though i'm excited to hop in yeah 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 i've been really liking it and then of course playing more uh luigi's mansion 3 which i mentioned earlier that game is just a delight isn't it so it's just so oh, fun so um good. really classic nintendo the game the graphics look great and i love how like adorable luigi is in luigi's mansion 3 so if you've been on the fence about getting it highly highly recommend for your nintendo switch but the thing i wanted to talk about was this really cool experience that I went to in Las Vegas at CES for HBO. And as I'm saying this, I'm remembering I was going to bring this little booklet that they gave me because it has info on it and I had to run. <laughs> no, I had to run there it. There she goes. There she goes. There she goes. There she goes. Someday she'll come back with a book and she's gonna read from it. Yeah, what was interesting, I don't know if you saw her Instagram stories when she was in CES, but I saw her posting about this dinner, and I think Trisha was there, Hirschberger, also uh-huh. friend of the show. Uh, yes. I want to say Maud maybe was there too, Maud Garrett, oh, who we have not had on the show yet, but we want to get on the show. That's uh, And so I was just like seeing all these people talking about this dinner, and I was a little, I was a little jealous, I have to you say. You got some going on. That was the only thing. I mean, I... Number one, hate Vegas, as everybody knows, because I will tell anybody who asks. I think it's the worst place in the world. <laughs> but if you're going to have some weird, freaky dinner thing where you're... Uh-oh. Actually, I don't... 
I don't know if I would have liked it, to be quite honest. No. It, may, it may have creeped me out a little too Sorry. much. Because oh my God, I love it, you. It might be like, uh, I'm not sure that I want somebody having basically PI'd me and like knowing all of this random stuff. I, I was giving them a little pre-brief because I saw your Instagram stories. I saw Trisha Hershberger's Instagram stories. And I couldn't remember. I think Maude was there too, yes? Or- she was at a different seating than I was at, but yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of different people who are content creators that were there. Um, OMG, it's Firefox was also at our dinner. Um, my friends, uh, Jovenshire and Sohinky, uh, were at the seating before me. I know that Ashley Esqueda from CNET was at the one after me. They did three separate seatings, which in and of itself is kind of crazy because... I can't even imagine how much that cost HBO to put that dinner on three times. So my um, friend, Chris Morris, who writes for a lot of big publications for CNN, um, a bunch of people, was at the seating that I was at. And he said he got some additional information from HBO that there was a 600-page script for this dinner. What? Wow. And I was like, That's I was like, like that the is the size of the script bonkers. for Detroit Become Human. <laughs> I love you. I feel like I remember David Cage saying it was 600 pages. Okay, well, now, uh, I mean, now I'm going to Google it. Go ahead. <clears throat> it, was, it was wild. So inside the show, Westworld, the company Delos is the one who kind of made the whole Westworld experience. And as we began to see in, like, the second season and kind of hints at in the first season, like, the Western theme world isn't the only one that exists. There are, like, multiple experiences that you can go to. And I'm, you know, interested to see where they're going to go with season three. And so this is really kind of the first time that we're getting a deep dive into who Inside is. HBO put out a trailer for them, I think, back in November. But we haven't really gotten much information except for the fact that they want your data and they want a lot of it. If you guys aren't familiar with Westworld as a series, it is uh, coming into their third season. And the third season launches sometime in 2020. I don't think we have a release date yet. But you guys may have seen that Aaron Paul is going to be part of the third season, which I think is super exciting. Um, According to the kind of like Google, like, you know, blurb about what it is, it's Westworld isn't your typical amusement park. It's intended for rich vacationers. The futuristic park is overlooked by robotic hosts that allow visitors to live out their fantasies through artificial consciousness. Huh? No matter how illicit the fantasy may be, there are no consequences. Oh. So Westworld is this western city and surrounding area. Think of it like an open world RPG where there's like little multiple places that you can discover, quests you can go on, NPCs that you can meet. But you're a real person, and all the people in the world look like real person, but they're actually like AI robots. It's like hosts. Detroit become human. <laughs> it, can, it kind of is. And yeah. also, I just looked it up, and it's a, it was actually two thousand pages long. That script. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought six. I thought six hundred sounded a little short for, you for know, that game. It's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, six hundred, two thousand, same difference. Close, close. Um. But the in the in the series, in the TV series, it turns very bloody in the second season. In fact, it was one of the things that I did not like about the second season is that there was just the body count was just 
too high. Lots of people got murdered because at the end of the first season, you know, the robots kind of like have this like awakening and like they like revolt against the fact that they've been put inside this world where they like die and are brought back to life and every time constantly yeah yeah and so like their memories get wiped but then some of them start remembering all of the things that the humans do to them Mm -hmm. and of course as you can imagine humans go there to act out their fantasies that they can't get away with in the real world because it would be illegal um but it's just a robot and so it kind of poses this bigger question of like what is humanity what makes you human very much like you know detroit and it's it was it's been a really great show and I've really enjoyed it because it's got a bunch of sci-fi elements to it. So, in um, at this dinner, like I had no idea what to expect, and we show up and they, you know, kind of paired us um, at specific tables. So we had it's like you know when you go to like a wedding, like you have a little place car and they're like, oh, you're sitting at table number five or whatever. Um, so Trisha Hirschberger and I were sitting at the same table, which was really Yay. cool because I got to catch up with her. And so she and I went to go. They had this little cocktail hour before the first seating. And so she and I kind of were sitting at the side cocktail table. And then this guy comes up to us and he's he says his name is Dan and he's going to be our host for the evening. And I was like, okay, you're definitely like one of them for sure. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, you know, he, what was really interesting is they would introduce people and call people out by like very specific details. And when you're at a big event like CES, a lot of it is small talk and networking and, you know, kind of saying hello to people. Hi, this is where I work for. This is where I live. These are the th- brands that I've worked with, blah, blah, blah. That was not necessary at this dinner because the host took all the guesswork right out of it. They're like, oh, this is Andrea Renee. She runs What's Good Games. You know, she's based in Los Angeles. And it's like, oh, this is Trisha Hersberger. She works with Geek and Sundry and, you know, all these things. And it's just like, this is like, okay, a little odd. But I was like, you could easily get all of these details off of my LinkedIn profile. Like, it's not like I'm You just did a little secret. homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then as the night went on, it became like, like the layers went like a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And I kept kind of being like, I had to go back and search my brain to be like, when did I publicly post about that thing? Did they they go like deep into like my Facebook vault (laughs) and like find something from like 2009 or something? I don't know. There was one of the guys that was at our table that apparently is really into astronomy photography and but it's not what he writes about he writes about he's a science he's a science tech writer and it's just like the they kept just like dropping these like little nuggets about people at the table about their kids or about Mm -hmm. their parents or about their hobbies or things like that and what was really fascinating about it is not only was it incredibly impressive from the standpoint of wow did hbo's team really do their research on literally every single person that was invited to the dinner but they also planted fake people at some of the tables. Huh. So we had a we had a fake we had a fake host at our table, and we didn't suss it out until about halfway through the dinner, um, because like he was super convincing in the beginning. He was like, "Oh, um, I'm a librarian," and I was like, "A librarian? Like, what are you doing here at CES?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm here to talk about digital preservation and technology hmm. around." 
around preservation. And I was like, that seems completely legitimate. (laughs) And I I was like, actually, I'm really fascinated by that. I would love to talk to you about digital preservation and what you've been learning and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's when he was like, please don't. He was like, oh no. (laughs) Why did I hear? Why? Yeah. Why should have said something else about beetles? I don't know. Beetles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was funny because, oh, uh, Chris said that at his table they had a plant that said that he was in the gaming industry, and I was like, "Oh no, that poor actor! Poor Why sweet did summer they give that?" <laughs> I'm like, "We're gonna suss that out right oh, away." Yeah. Um, but it was um, it was fun, kind of like wait. But I thought that they the- gave you like individualized menus. Yeah, they did. So normally, when you go to any kind of group dinner like that, because there was about fifty people at this dinner. Um, and we were all in individual, so like 10 tables of, of varying like five to 10, depending on how many people were at each table. Um, but everybody had like a customized menu as a three course customized menu. A lot of the desserts were the same, but like nobody else at my table had my appetizer or my entree. So they gave me a burrata caprese as my appetizer and a lobster bucatini as my main and I mean, it was fabulous. We were at the Nomad restaurant in Las Vegas. And after they dropped the plates, the host came back around and said, oh, we you know, love that you traveled to Italy. So we wanted to make sure to give you an Italian-inspired dish. And I was like, what? Wow. You're trolling my Instagram? What's going on? This is weird. Wow. I mean, I hate it, but I like it. And this is kind of connects back to what I was talking about with all the smart home stuff that's happening at, at in tech right now and that we saw on Showcase at CES. I was like, I like the idea that you tailored it to me because you spied on me, but I don't know <laughs> if I like the idea that you spied on me. <laughs> yes, but like, I exactly. really love this meal and you gave me something I wanted based off me showcasing things that I've wanted that are related. Right. And I think that's where like sales and technology is going and, in the game, Insight, you know, has these layers upon layers of like the money that they make and how they tailor the custom experience for clients inside Westworld. And um, it was wow. really, really fascinating. And at the end of the evening, they brought us all these like what would look like a check presenter. So it's like a black folio that I'm holding. Mm-hmm. This black, like it looks like leather. I don't know if it's like real leather or not. It's probably like pleather, hopefully. Um, on the back of it, it's got the new Westworld logo. So it's just Westworld with these three bars, which on the table, by the way, the three bars were like a, like a lighting centerpiece. And Trisha very astutely noticed that as soon as the dinner st- started, that all of their social media changed over to this new logo, mm. which I thought was interesting. So if you we open it in inside the folio, um, it just says Insight uh, Las Vegas. It's got my initials AR for Andrew Renee stamped on it, like engraved on this thing. So I was like, okay. And then they gave us what would look normally like a bill. But instead, it says my name, my birth date, my occupation, which is content creator and co-founder of What's Good Games. And then it has my life expectancy. So everybody had different life expectancies. Oh, geez. I was, I was the oldest at my table, which I was very excited about. My life expectancy is apparently, according to Insight, 98 years, 10 months, and 14 days. What? Well, good for you, man. Yeah. I was like, cool, sweet. This sounds awesome. I think I, I thought Mods was like 49 or something. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. And I so, was like, so 
OMG, it's Firefoxes was 51. She yeah. was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, got to start living life now. Man. <laughs> wow. That's so weird. Crazy. Did they just randomly calculate that? I don't know. So they so they have a couple more things. So in the middle was kind of like a fortune almost. Mine says, don't be surprised when what's good becomes great. A powerful partnership is about to be offered. Ah, uh, shit. HBO, are you giving us some money? Because that's the only thing <laughs> I can think of. I was going to say Chipotle, but I'll take HBO 100%. HBO would be a much better partner. <laughs> Not that and so then and then it says your data is the key to unlocking your potential with the power of insight you too can find your path oh that's fucking incredible <laughs> yeah so um so then they have this website insight inc and so i went to the website which i'm pulling up now and they gave me this thing called a strategy engine sequence And so if you go to insightinc.com, it says, if data is destiny, then you chart the path. It says, the world can feel chaotic, big problems, no solutions, no one to lead the way. Global issues may seem so complex that untangling the answers feels impossible. Here at Insight, we want to make impossible a thing of the past. Chaos is merely a pattern waiting to be uncovered. You can help us chart a better future. By giving us all of your personal data. Exactly. Powered by our revolutionary strategy engine, we are able to calculate sophisticated solutions to problems large and small, from global climate change to personal career growth. We believe we have a personal responsibility to make the world a better place, starting at home. Here at Insight, your data doesn't work for us. We work for you. Wow. Yeah. That's I don't, intense, I don't even know. Man. I don't even know what to do. Well, so I'm going to keep this, though. Because I don't know if this strategy engine sequence is going to be worth anything in the future or what's <laughs> going to happen with it. But, I mean, it was it was super cool. And I was already excited for Westworld Season 3. And this is, like, got you going. makes me really pumping. interested to see how they're going to go. Because there was, I mean, at the I don't want to spoil the end of the last season if you guys didn't catch up or if you want to catch up. But, like, there's, I mean, they're they have to go in a different direction based off like the events that happen. And I'm really excited to see like where they go and dive deeper into like, you know, the world of, of the host and like where this AI comes from and all that. So a uh, big thank you to HBO for in- inviting me to come out. It was uh, a one of a kind experience that I'll never forget. That's crazy. It sounds like very intense, kind of stressful, but an interesting social experiment. Yeah, indeed. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting seeing people play off of each other once you find out like key little tidbits about people that they probably normally would have kept hidden Mm -hmm. right and maybe never have said at a dinner like a networking dinner like that and like how it makes people react and what they feel comfortable talking about publicly and what they don't and what data they're sharing willingly and what data they're not mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mean if i'm not willingly sharing data you better not bring that up at a fucking dinner you ass hat no, that was, no it's funny it's funny what's funny about you saying that steimer is that at the end of the dinner this woman who was like the overall host did this presentation and she called out this one girl which we knew we all knew right away it had to be fake because there's no way that they would have done this to like a real like a real journalist or an influencer they called her out and said she applied for this job and they showed the job she applied for and they showed the email that she where she applied and they're like this is the response that she got 
saying that she didn't get the job. It, but perhaps if she had done this, maybe this could have been different for her. But this is how insight can help your career path. And then they like they kind of like dug into her a little bit, and the girl just starts full on crying at the dinner table. Oh my! And that's God. when I was like, "This is definitely fake." I feel bad for her, but I know it's fake, and she's crying as part of the bit because, like, whoa, HBO would never actually do that. They would actually they wouldn't have access to her private Gmail account, right? right. Or, like, show her yeah. emails up on screen in front of a room of strangers. That that would be fucked crazy. up. That would be crazy. Yeah. Was it awkward? Like, did people at first think that it was real? I think some people around her thought it was real because she was really convincing. But I was across the room, mm. and. I mean, you have a bird's eye view. You were like, wait a minute. (laughs) Listen, I also was several glasses of champagne deep by the end of that meal. God, I can Um, hear you now. She needs to toughen up. If she doesn't want her shit there, she should have posted. That wasn't wasn't me. That was me being like, motherfuckers, it's illegal to show her private information (laughs) on screen. I was like, "Mm mm-mm, this is not right. This has got to be fake. They would never do this. It's a guest blah, 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 blah. I was just like, like, you know, finger-wagging Andrea. Um, But so I was like... I didn't even find out that she was crying until afterwards. Uh, and then I like looked at her and I was like, oh my God, her face is like all red and shit. And she's at this dinner table, poor girl. And then I was like, she's, ah, getting she's getting paid, paid to cry. She's getting paid. She's getting paid. She's a real good crier. <laughs> God, that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. It was fun trying to like suss out all of the, the, the other like plants, who was a host and who wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped that like almost everybody at that dinner has a social media presence. And so when we were taking like table photos and stuff, we were tagging everybody. If someone was like, oh, I'm not on Twitter or whatever. And we're like, "Mm -hmm." Uh sure you're not. You wouldn't be invited here if you didn't have a Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, listen, you, you, you're going to have a Twitter an Instagram, a Facebook. You're going to have something if you're working in you know, gamer tech media. Yeah. Because it's just part it's a necessary part of being Also, how would they who- have trolled any of your information to find out what you wanted to eat at this dinner? Look at if you, you didn't exactly. have a social media account. I'm Detective sorry. Steimer at your service. I would ta- I would have ruined this dinner along with you, Andrea. That would have been I would have loved you to and me would have been there. the most annoying little people at this dinner. We would have been like a detective hats on, champagne down. Can't let's people just go. enjoy things? No, we can't. I know. We can't. I I tried to go along. I did go along with it for as long as I could. It was funny because afterwards. Um, I don't know who it was. it was. It was either Trisha or somebody else at the table. It's just like, you were asking all like the most like poking questions. And I, cause I wanted to see how far their, how far their script went. I wanted to see like how far I could I push the I want to reach the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, how long is this quest log going to go for? Oh my God. Um, but it was it was really I'm really well done. I'm waiting for you to loop, dude. Haven't you ever played an RPG? <laughs> Just tell me to come back later. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Oh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, man. Um, anyway, uh, that was uh, I wanted to just talk about it because it was such a such a cool experience. Oh. So, uh, but Steimer, you played a bunch of stuff over the break. I did, but I feel like. <sighs> I mean, maybe I'm just having weird deja vu, or maybe I just only told you guys, but I feel like I'd talked about it, but I guess maybe I haven't. I the My sense of time has been a little bit warped because of the break, because um, I had two weeks off of my other job, uh, and so now, and this is the first week back, so everything's a little discombobulated mm-hmm. up there in my brain. But I finished Outer Worlds, Jedi Fallen Order, and then Life is Strange. I feel like there was something else, but I... 
don't after remember. Party? It was pro- yeah, it was after party. Okay, okay, yeah. So I finished all of that over the break. <laughs> um, and I mean, of those, Outer Worlds was far and away my favorite. I did don't you think like that it? Would surprise anybody? I did, and I really, I especially appreciated that the game was not ninety hours long. It was the exact correct amount of time for me. I felt like it it kept its pace fairly well. I was never like, what am I doing again? Like, wh- huh? Because, like, th- you know, sometimes you get that way after mm-hmm. Skyrim. I definitely got that way. I completely forgot about the main quest. Had no idea what I was supposed to do. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, dragons or something. And I <laughs> shout at people. And then things <laughs> happen. But, yeah. So I, I really loved it. And I would love to see them explore the world more because I found it really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think I got one of the best endings which i won't say what it was but i think i did a pretty bang up job out there yeah in outer space uh and i yeah i just i don't really know i'm my brain is a little bit failing me right now because i've been listening to you guys talk about talk about really random things and so then i was like oh okay ring fit adventures oh okay random privacy invasion dinner cool (laughs) i'm happy you like the outer worlds i mean i think we all kind of figured you would but yes. I think uh, a lot of people went into it. I'm going to love it. And then some people walked away with it didn't live up to my expectations. That's I think my good. expectations were right on par with what it was. I knew yeah. what, it, what I was going to get. I knew what I wasn't going to get from it. Um, and therefore, I had a great time. And again, I, I just think it was like the perfect size RPG for me. That like this is the amount of RPG that I can play at this point in my life. <laughs> Do you know how many hours you clocked in? I think it was around 30. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, maybe a little under 30, uh, but it was roughly there. And yeah, that was, I was like, that's perfect. And I did most of the side quests. I think I didn't do like one, mm-hmm. which was like, go get some fucking outfits and then put them on for this Oh, no, person. I did and not I was do that like, at all. I was like, no, no way. I don't. No. Uh-uh. Sorry. That was the one this. I skipped, too. I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> thank you. See you, fetchy. Um, I was Jedi- irritated. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to ask you about Jedi Fallen Order. So go oh, the My one irritation it's so stupid and minor. It was like on the quest log, it basically, I forget the word that they use, but it implies you fail like a quest. It was botched. Botched. Oh, Botched yeah. quest. I was like, I did not botch this quest. I actively chose to not do this quest. Right. Or I thought that this person was a piece of shit and I didn't want to help them. Like that, that is not, not botching it. I did not botch it. Agency. How dare you? Don't tell <laughs> me that I fucked up when I did it. Yeah, you tell him, Simer. Uh, no, I I got a botched quest too at one point, and it bugged me so much that I reloaded a save so it wouldn't be botched. It just no, but there was somewhere I'm like I had to botch it. I had to botch yeah. it because the other thing that I chose to do overrided the other one. Right? Like it was. Yeah. You pick one or the other, and I picked the other, and then it was like botched, and I was like, I hate you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so I remember when you started Jedi Fallen Order, it sounded mm-hmm. like you were pretty lukewarm on it. Did you yes. warm up as you finished it or did you stay pretty much the same? It's pretty much lukewarm up until the end, which got a little, I mean, there were definitely like warmer parts, yeah. <laughs> but warmer parts of the pool, warmer parts of the pool. Oh, that's for gross. The most that part, uh, yeah, yeah, there were definitely pee patches in there <laughs> and gross. Yes. gross. Yes. I love you. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it was sort of a weird experience for me, especially coming off of seeing everyone on social who really loved it and who was talking about it being their personal game of the year. And I just felt it was fairly mediocre across the board in terms of execution, art, everything. And and again, I'm not saying it's bad, but to me, I was mm-hmm. like, this if this is the best 
this is a sad year. And we <laughs> like also the mother fucking sliding. If there is another Star Wars game that Respawn makes and they include sliding, I'm going to kill someone at that studio. Get, like, I just can't. God. I was I was about Let's ready get that company to, insurance, Andrea. Yeah, <laughs> I was flabbergasted at the amount of sliding in this game, and I was like, "We, this is a shit mechanic. It doesn't go well, and you're putting it everywhere. Stop it. He doesn't need to slide down a damn mountain. He just does it. He's a fucking Jedi." I was so irritated. <laughs> I I understand your I understand your frustration. I did think the sliding mechanic was really fun in very specific places and very unnecessary in others, but I think when you look at the way they designed did some of the level design, it was either them doing something fun like sliding or giving you like a shitty elevator. I'll take an elevator any day of the week. But <laughs> only because again, I had to, it took me a long time to get through some of that sliding stuff because you fall off the edge constantly. Yeah. And again, yeah. for when you fall off the edge, it does do the instant reload. Thank God. Except, so there's one really long sliding section mm-hmm. in one part of the game. And I almost threw my controller because <laughs> it would just, the checkpointing is God awful in this game. So even if you accidentally like fall off at the end uh, of the at the edge of the world, like towards the end of this giant sliding section, you go all the way back to the beginning. Oh no! Even though there's definitely a couple parts in there that could have been checkpoints, like there's a couple mm. jumps you have to make that could have been checkpoints. They could have just bumped you back there. No, 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 no! You get to do the whole thing over again. <laughs> Aren't you excited about it? Aren't you excited to slide? For 50 hours in this game. They should that, call it's, it's it Jedi slide Sliding Order. It, oh. Yes. Oh, I like your version better. It's more on brand. It was just, I, I don't I'm know. The game was fine. I liked the, um, I thought that the, the there's a bit at the end that I thought was very well done. Hats off there. But um, otherwise, I was just like, okay. I'm All right. happy you finished I think it. There's elements to this that are good. Yeah. But for the most part, I... I'm blindingly frustrated by some of the stuff they chose to do. Well, you did it. I'm proud I of you. It. You stuck with it. And now yeah. it's over. It is over. Thank goodness. <clears throat> well, you were a busy little gamer girl over the break. Yeah, well, that and then yeah. I cleaned my whole house and I read a bunch of books. Had a good break. Didn't you finish some Dragon Age books? Then I see some Instagram story where you read. Was like- not Dragon Age. Oh. Uh, no, I finished the the a book series that I actually have talked about on the show before. Um, the last one, shit, I forget the. It's like the. I want to say it was. Was there one. like a dragon, or did I make that up? I thought I saw Dragon Age, but you, you, know, it might you just be did my make mind. that up. It was Dark Dawn. The oh, I think you absolutely you not Dragon probably Age. thought it does look. I could see why you would think it was a little Dragon Agey based on the cover, um, the cover art could be mistaken for such so i don't blame you you for that but no i I did finish i finished um the uh nevernight chronicle Mm. the the final book in that it was very good i really enjoyed the series and even um the last book i was getting like a little bit irritated with the main character (laughs) i was a little sick of her but they do turn it around midway through the book and i was like okay we're we're on a we're we're good now we're fine we're fine but she's just one of those characters that is sort of inherently selfish and can kind of be 
that's part of what she's purposely written that way. But at times you're just like, <laughs> go away. Yeah. Just stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop. Yeah. Ooh. Anyways. That Good was, job, Summer. That you was did me. It. That was me in a very tiny nutshell because I know how long we've been recording already. <laughs> wow. What are you talking about? It's only been like 20 minutes. Oh. Time, time is, you're having time is not a real construct. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I'm glad that um, you finished all those games. I still need to finish The Outer Worlds. Um, I think my problem is I'm doing too many side quests before I'm supposed to. Like, I go out exploring, and then, like, I pick up the quest later for them to send me back to the place that I went to. Oh, that's so irritating. Yeah, I always try and, like, pick up as much. I pick up as many things as possible where, like, you hit the first hub world. You talk to everybody. You get all the quests, and then that way, whenever you go out anywhere, you don't need to go back Mm -hmm. and forth so much. I think Outer Worlds also did a good job, though. If you did find the quest item, they would somehow incorporate it into the conversation whereas sometimes like nothing would flag until you actually accepted the quest and that's annoying that yeah, is annoying exactly yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right well how about we take our final break for the show and when we come back we talk about games we like to play when we're drinking something our patrons know <laughs> a lot about <laughs> stick with us everybody we'll be right back everybody welcome back to the final segment of the what's good games podcast and this segment is brought to you by patreon.com slash what's good games where every month you can help vote on what you'd like us to chat about so because of the holidays we weren't able to get our patreon produced segment in december so we're going to do that this week and then we'll have another patreon produced segment near the end of the month voted on by of course our patrons at patreon.com slash what's good games so this month Brittany, what did the fine folks vote on they voted on what's the best game to play after consuming adult beverages this was submitted by cammy on patreon cammy i don't think you talk that way you probably don't that was just me being obnoxious so anywho yeah so this was selected by her and our community as a whole decided that they wanted us to talk about this which like you said before the break i think is something we're all very familiar with i mean i only really no for me no i, I mean i don't like sit at home and drink and play games but you drink I, and play games I drink at least once with a month you with us. yes with you guys i do but that's pretty much the only time i mean it's been doing this for about three years now two and a half years we're getting you season. <laughs> Okay, I'll start. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, no, no, Brittany, you you start because I was like, gosh, well, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> so the very first game that I found I play better when slightly intoxicated is Guitar Hero. Now, there's a very fine line here. So as I had my first adult beverage at the old age of 19. And that was right around the time when Guitar Hero was super popular. And it was at all the parties, the college parties and whatnot. And I found that after a few uh, Keystone Lights or Keystone Ices, the really cheap beer. Ah, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That uh, my skills with Guitar Hero got really good. But then, like I said, there's that fine line where once you have a little too many, then it's just a shit show. Then it's sort of you- like the Uncanny Valley thing. Like, it, it's good. It's good. No. Oh, it's dro- exactly. It drops. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know if it's because after a few drinks, you're kind of more like chill and you're able to just like watch it and like become one with the notes. I don't know. But my skills would go up and then I would ultimately like just tank. But that's what you do you're, when you're young. You drink too much and then you suck at Guitar Hero. There's there's your teens in a nutshell. <laughs> if that's the worst you're doing, that's pretty good. You're doing pretty good. Yeah, so I would say for Amazing. sure Guitar Hero. Granted, I haven't had drinks and played Guitar Hero in a while because playing Guitar Hero actually makes me kind of dizzy now because I'm an old, old bitch. But um, I'll try it again one of these days and see how good I do. Youngest person on the show, everybody. I don't care. Simon, I'm old. Thanks. You're not. <laughs> You're not old. You're not old. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone else have oh. one? Or oh, I sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Yes, 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 so, yes. Sorry. I oh. thought there was more. Yeah. I thought, oh, no, I, I have too. more, but I'm not going to. I'll wait. Oh, okay. You're oh, yeah. No, sure. So I had my first adult beverage at the ripe old age of 15. Yeah, Don't girl. anyone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, listen, in North Dakota, like it's it's how we stay alive in the winter. All right, we have to have alcohol. <laughs> of course, yeah, brains. yeah. Then that um, blood. But I wasn't drinking and playing games in high school. Um, I did do a little bit in college. Um, my uh, roommate Liz and I had a really funny memory when we were playing Super Mario sixty four and and drinking beers and. There's a. Do you guys remember those? Like, I I don't know if it's the. What's the name of the brick guys that like drop on you? Oh, the oh god, womps or something. Womps, I think that's it. But they're like they like walk around in Mario sixty four. Yeah, plays. Yeah, Super Mario Womp. I just remember we both got like so drunk, and then she just kept saying, "I want rocks for feet," over and over again. Because <laughs> they have like their feet are rocks, and it was like this like moment that somehow just stuck with me forever. Um, I actually don't play that much Mario when I'm drinking because platforming turns out is difficult oh. when your motor function is impaired. It's yeah, true, but the I whole depth perception is kind of hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's no bueno. Um, I did play a lot of Guitar Hero and Rock Band um, with adult beverages. I also went to a lot of bars. You guys have maybe heard me tell the story about the Rock Band 2 reality show that I was cast on. It was because I was competing in a Guitar Hero competition in a bar here in the Los Angeles area called Big Wangs that serves, as you guess it, chicken wangs. Mm. And they used to do a tournament every Tuesday night where if you won the Guitar Hero tournament, you got a $100 bar tab. And when you're like a struggling wannabe on-camera person in L.A., $100 buys a lot of wings and beer. So uh, my friend Chuck and I would go every week and, you know, have some drinks and play. And then I'd be like, oh, are you guys playing rock band? (laughs) Is this Guitar Hero? Can I play too? And then I would just crush everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So I took a lot of personal joy out of doing that. Good party trick. Yeah, exactly. I hustled them. But it was um it's fun. I think it's a different experience when you're out playing games at a bar and consuming versus being at home because obviously I tend to consume more when I'm at home and I'm not driving and out in public. Um and Brittany and I have had a couple of fun experiences. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting cuz I know the I know the question was, what do you like to play when you're consuming adult beverages? But like, that was a really funny night when we had been drinking whiskey, too much whiskey. <laughs> oh and it was it's Solid Snake Ocelot's fault for providing us yeah. with such delicious whiskey. It's never our fault. But th- that was when Death Strand and we had the pre-release code. I think this is Steimer when you were still in Europe. I wasn't no. there. I don't remember why I wasn't, but I wasn't there. I think I was at home. Yeah, I think you were at home. Maybe it was one of those nights where you had to like work really late. 
and you couldn't come over? I don't remember. I don't know. I why was you weren't t- there. I was not there. Um, but yeah, so we started playing the game together and man, oh man, I don't know if I would recommend that game when you're really intoxicated on whiskey. Oh, oh no. I barely remember you gave me the controller at one point and John was yelling at me because I was, I kept stumbling over to the left and the right and I couldn't navigate the map. It was all so much so soon. So I, I, I a balance challenge it, when you're inebriated is maybe not a good combo. Not good. So when I came home, I, I started all over. I'm like, okay, I have to play this with a sober mind. Is that the same night I made you like a, a hooker or something in Red Dead Redemption online? Yes. Yeah, yes. Time. So we were testing out Google Stadia and Red Dead Redemption 2 was one of the titles that we could play. And because it was a brand new account on Stadia, I didn't have my Red Dead online character and so I was like, Brittany, make, make me pretty. And so she made me a character that was an exhausted alcoholic. Oh, that's what <laughs> And oh. like, I have like these super like sunken in eyes, oh. like dry skin, oh. like, kind of glassy. It was, it was really, You're really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I think some of my favorite times playing games has been with um, you ladies during our streams, like whatever it is we're playing. It's always uh, a good time, especially Steimer during like scary games. It's like a really good time. So do you remember? So way before what's good ever existed, I went to your house when you lived in a different place. Oh, yeah. And we played Until Dawn drunk. Mm-hmm. And I think we played it till like three in the morning. Yeah, it was because we, 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 we start to finish that game mm-hmm. in one go. Uh, and that was pretty fun to do. And the drinking made it both better and worse. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh god all those quick time events yeah oh, no it did oh, we not killed well. more people yeah so sorry Rest yeah in peace. i'll forget there's the time too when we had to hold completely still and i think you in a panic like threw the controller on the desk and then it vibrated yes and it caused it to move i and- thought i was being really smart i was like oh smart drunk me i'll put the <laughs> controller on the desk and then it vibrated and killed the person <laughs> and oh. i was like shit I forgot about the vibrate. <laughs> I know. Oh, then we killed. I don't remember who it was. We did kill someone and it was it sad. It was uh, Sam. Sam. She Sam. died there. I think also a really fun memory is when we, not this past Christmas, but the year before in the old studio, we were all playing Human Fall Flat and we were all in our little Christmas onesies and I just remember being so tipsy and we were playing like Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. Yes, and I, that was yeah, fun. I believe I can play like, all sorts of songs. That was actually that was really fun too. That's because Andrea. Kind of I remember right. Andrea making us those drinks, and I drank it, and it oh, wasn't yeah. very much. And I was like, Andrea, I think I'm drunk already. Why oh, am I drunk already? <laughs> and you're like, all of that is alcohol. There's <laughs> nothing else in there. Oh yeah, there were those little grasshopper things. Or yeah, whatever called. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, I was God. like, oh yeah, that'd do it. Um, yeah, but for me, in in line with the guitar hero thing, it, it has a bell curve there <laughs> to a point, <laughs> but um, it's competitive games. So mm. competitive shooters are a mm. thing that I will only enjoy if I have had a beverage or two, and that's probably it because otherwise I'll be really bad at them. But I need the beverage to get me over the hump, over the anxiety or the fear yes. of playing against other people. And uh, when I do that, then I do have a really great time. I think I've, I've drunk played Destiny with you, Andrea, before um, the Crucible, and that was, that was, a, that was a great old time. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's, it's fun 
because you lose the inhibition and you lose like the desire to like actually be competitive. You're like, I'm just running around wreaking havoc and that's the fun part. And I don't really care what my like Katie is. But then it's like, what? It gets so whatever. much better. It gets, I, I'm not terrible if I'm, again, it's the right, you need the right amount. Mm-hmm. The right, right amount for this formula is very crucial. <laughs> <laughs> there is otherwise, a tipping point. It'll tank. But like for a bit there, I'm like, you're dead. You're dead. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Yeah. So, no, so so that for me is actually Ugh. one of the things. I mean, you can't be, yeah, you can't be wicked wasted. I don't know if there's any game where I'm smashed and enjoying it. Yeah. Maybe it, it, must, it has to be like a human fall flat, like a, something where it's so ridiculous to begin with that you're just mostly laughing at the screen. Yeah, you can't play yeah. anything that's super story heavy because you'll forget it. It won't make sense. I typically don't when I'm just playing a single player game. I think the last time I drank while playing a single player game was when I was finishing Before the Storm, Life is Strange Before the Storm, and I knew shit was going to go down. And I kicked Jason. And I kicked Reb out of the room. I'm like, I'm going to pour myself a tall glass of whiskey and I'm going to sob to myself and drink this. And I did. Oh, Brittany, no, it was, it was so sad. It was so sad. But typically, I don't drink when I'm by myself because I'll get sleepy. And then I fall asleep and it's not good. But yeah, yeah it's, it's fun to drink while playing something cooperatively or like during the streams and stuff like that. It's a good time. Yeah, I find it difficult to actually drink enough quickly to actually feel inebriated when I'm playing by myself because your hands are on the controller. Mm-hmm. And unless you're playing a game that has a lot of cutscenes, um, there's no time to like pick up your glass. And drink because you're holding the uh, controller. And beer playing? hats. Have you never heard of those? Oh yeah. I guess in addition to the edible underwear for the next stream, <laughs> which we forgot about, but now has to happen in the January streams. We need to get beer hats. Okay, yes. so beer hats. What while if we got some eating? little like champagne glasses with the beer hats? You like drink it some okay. champs. Okay. Champs. Eat, seems drinking some champs, eating some but panties, Let's watching Fortnite. Have one. a great stream. <laughs> That sounds great. Uh, did we mention we have fun on our Patreon streams? If you guys have never joined us for one, even if you just want to jump in for a month, maybe, maybe yeah, January is the month you want to do it for. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, just saying. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> we oh, want to welcome all these new patrons in with open arms to be like, this is what you've been missing. <laughs> us eating edible underwear and drinking champagne out of a hat. Oh it better God. be good. It better be like a fruit roll up or I'm going to be so disappointed. Uh, do you have any sex shops near you that we can go to and get these? Yes, I do. Okay, great. She's already scouted. We're fine. We're good. Well, there's this one the beer hats that we drive by because it's not far from where our mailbox is, where our pickup is. And so I see it all the time as I go to check the check the UPS box. And I'm just, I'm just like, uh, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to go there. <laughs> Field yes. trip. Yes, we are. Oh yeah, I feel gosh. like I need to like put it in the calendar so we don't forget next time. I'll do it right now so we don't forget. Um, we did have a lot of fun playing Overcooked when we were drinking oh, on God. the streams, too. But Overcooked Because it just what... gets so chaotic, you just yell. You just yell the but whole time. But that's the problem. Yeah. I feel like it's a bad game to play for that reason, unless you're okay with it potentially permanently damaging your relationships with other people. So that's, that was it at your own fair, risk. Fair. At your own risk drinking game. Um, oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else we've played that's been particularly fun. But I think for the most part, it's just been 
The problem is we're always drinking, so it's just kind of gets also blurry. Tr- it gets, you know, my brain doesn't work very well anyway, so mm-hmm. when you add the alcohol on top of it, it just gets real fuzzy. Um, it's true. Yeah. I don't know. Brain fails, man. Brain fails. The first I time I- Mario... Oh, oh Mario Kart. I think Mario Kart is super fun to play mm. with a group, uh, particularly battle mode, which I love. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Oh, that so in college oh here we go yeah no, like way back in my day i don't remember what this game was it came with the wii my roommate had a wii and we would drink and it was like a cow throwing game it must have been rabbits raving rabbits of some kind i don't remember there was something with cows <gasps> wait was it was it raving rabbits tv party maybe you were i played the cows? shit out of that game I, when i was drunk and it's hysterical yeah so i think raving any raving rabbits game is probably a good bet as well Oh yeah, because the they're just games—they're just goofy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're this just is. like, "We controller, waggling shit." Yeah, uh, they're all one-handed, so you can drink with one and smack somebody with the other. That's perfect. Yeah, you, yeah, Who's yeah. Man, I don't even know where my Wiimotes are. That's the sad part. Those things were expensive. I know they're like in a box somewhere. Yeah, that's where most things end up <laughs> in a box yep. somewhere. Yep, it's mm. the truth of life. It's like so Toy Story, but somewhere. with peripherals. Peripheral story. Oh, yeah. I'm trash. Know, that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Forky. Forky, Forky is so good. <laughs> He's so great. Um, well, thank you so much for submitting the question. If you guys have games that you love to play while enjoying some adult beverages, please let me know and let us know by leaving a comment below, by leaving us a post on our Patreon page, by tweeting to us at what's good underscore games. Maybe you want to drop it in the what's good games, Facebook fan page, Mm -hmm. wherever you are. We'd like to hear from you. And thank you so much to everybody who voted on the poll for this month's or I should say last month's segment. Don't forget, we have another segment coming up later this month and so much more at patreon.com slash what's good games. Also, if you guys remember, remind me to tell you about the pinball pro tips I learned at CES oh. next week. Mm, okay. Because I did this whole pinball thing that was also, I believe, on my stories. I was on a live stream. It was a thing. It happened. You played pinball. Anyway. This show's been long enough already, and I still have to edit it tonight. So, without further ado, we're going to say goodbye. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you next week. 